Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome to, uh, what is this, Remo? Episode 626 or something of Winnipeg Sports Talk. Holy smokes. The time has flown. Special shout-out to our boys with episode number one of Edmonton Sports Talk. Dusty, Eric, and the fellas out in Edmonton got their shows rolling today. And uh, we just finished the lock shop, which is now every day at noon Winnipeg time over on the EST channel and uh, hopefully soon on the WST channel as well. Um, But we got lots to talk about today. Big win for Canada at the FIBA World Cup. Bombers back on the practice field getting ready for revenge on Sunday afternoon on the Riders in the Banjo Bowl. And, of course, NFL kickoff tomorrow and Winnipeg Jets season just around the corner. Going to be a real fun one. Scott Billick is going to jump on the program first up. We'll have Murata Tesh jump on after that. And then our, uh, our FIBA World Cup reporter, Alex Adams, has made it from Indonesia back to Canada and is going to break down Canada's big win today. More history for the red and white. Moving on to the semifinals after clinching a spot in the Olympic Games. So going to be a fun, fun show. Shout out to everybody in chat. Great to see you all there. Hit that thumbs up if you haven't already, and uh, hit that red subscribe button as well. Great to have you all with us. And just before we bring in Michael Remus, a big shout out to... uh, all the sponsors that make this show happen every day. We'll get to the why not question of the day for not Autocorp, but Waverly and McGillivray, our friends at CoolBet, presenters of the Lock Shop as well, Princess Auto, Vita Health, Wallace and Wallace, F Apparel, and Nick and Nikki DQ, Canadian Club, Manitoba Battery, Aquatech, and Modern Man, Consolidated Supply, Royal Sports, Boston Pizza, Little Brown Jug, Aikens Lake, Breezy Bend, and of course, the Cinnaboya Downs. Uh, let's get Michael Remus in here. Speaking of the Downs, another canceled night of live racing last night due to the smoke in the air was a little unfortunate, Remo. Yeah, we've been doing this for a couple of years with the duo at the Downs, Huss, and I don't remember this many canceled races. I think that's a couple this year because of air poor air Three quality. Three in the last two weeks. Well, two was air quality and one was rain. conditions. I guess that insane night of wind and rain and everything that we'd had. But uh, yeah, well, we'll uh, have to double up today when we do our picks a little later on today. Does look a little bit better. I believe all the alerts are clear for the area and uh, they should be uh, getting back to it coming up uh, coming up to, uh, coming up tonight. Um you know, I just gave a shout out to the EST boys um, for uh, for their kickoff today over at the Edmonton Sports Talk channel. I do have to say, Remo, it was great seeing them get into uh, get into show number one, and obviously being in touch with them throughout the last month or so as they've done everything behind the scenes. It was kind of a neat pseudo trip down memory lane, thinking of uh, that month that we. Uh, grinded so hard to get on the air less than a month since the shutdown of the station with the stardom what was that may 8th of 2021 uh, it's amazing how things have developed how things have grown how the media landscape has changed but uh you know it makes me just more appreciative of how well we've been supported here in winnipeg by the listeners and viewers and of course the wonderful sponsors that make this show happen every day and 
really happy for those guys and looking forward to some big things for all parties involved as we get into uh, this upcoming hockey season. Of course, the kickoff of NFL tomorrow. Yeah, this is a big month. Uh, NFL kicking off tomorrow, baseball playoffs, hockey season, uh, just around the corner with the young stars next week. Uh, guys are here skating. So great time of year. Going to need multiple TVs. I love seeing multiple TV setups. I know people like tweeting them at me too. I've seen a couple. So um, yeah, and congrats to guys tuning in what Edmonton Sports Talk was doing. And it did bring back a lot of flashbacks on our first show where I'll fully reveal I had I had no idea what we were doing. And I had no idea if we could pull it off. And uh, here we are. 620 something, you know, two and 620 six shows later, you know, two and a half years. Um, pretty awesome to be here and pretty awesome to see uh, everyone in chat here every day. We did get a lot. I love uh, YouTube comments after the show. Um, a lot of great comments on yesterday's show as where I think it was one of our first in a long time or the rare show where we do not talk any hockey at all. Didn't come up, maybe mentioned you know, oh, the young stars are happening next weekend. But that was that was it. It was all Labor Day Classic, uh, a rough Bombers loss. It was there for the taking, and they couldn't pull it, pull out the W. And we look forward to the Banjo Bowl this weekend. Yeah, listen, I, I know we. I mean, if you went through WST content over the years, hockey certainly in the Winnipeg Jets certainly is the driving force. And even in the off season, it's rare that we don't spend much time on that. But yesterday, <laughs> I, I wasn't surprised. I mean, yesterday, all anyone in this city was talking about was Bombers Riders. There is an incredible... I don't think that there's ever been anticipation for the Banjo Bowl like there is this year, to be honest, Remo. I mean, the fact that they sold the game out so early, um, I've been monitoring the resale, um, the resale market for tickets for this game, and... I can never remember a game where the get-in price on the secondary market was over a hundred bucks for a bomber game. Um, but that's where we are right now. I'm just gonna let's do a quick little update here over at uh, at Fan First. Yeah, the get-in price now is they've got a couple tickets at 116.50, and then you're basically looking at 120 um, and up. Uh, and I imagine a bunch of those tickets are going to be grabbed by some Ryder fans. And uh, I'm all here for that. Um, it is better when, you know, there's a few thousand Ryder fans, much like the Labor Day Classic is a hell of a lot better when there's a few more uh, few more individuals dressed in blue. And that is what it's all about. There you can see on the fans' first site, uh, which is a great, uh, simple, and easy resale site that uh, not a lot in the lower bowl and a bunch of upper deck seats. And uh, as I said... It's a hot ticket right now, and it should be because it is a hot rivalry ream. And uh, after everything that happened on the weekend, I think these next couple of days are just going to be pouring gas on the fire for what should be an amazing day in the CFL with three games back-to-back. -back. But I will suggest that the main event is, in fact, in the middle. That's the 3 o'clock kickoff right here in the peg for Saskatchewan at Winnipeg round two, or I guess round three for the season. 
Yeah, just looking at the weather for this afternoon game. Yeah, triple header. Uh, noon, you know, this is the middle one, three and six. Uh, that's central time. And looking at the weather, it's going to be a great afternoon, 21 degrees. Uh, you know, I think the fact that the Bombers lost, you know, has more anticipation. People are texting me, asking me about uh, about tickets and stuff. So uh, there is that excitement there. And we all know the Bombers, they've got, uh, you know, not only the banjo ball, but they got Grey Cup in the back of their mind. That's the goal for the season. Should be the goal for every season. But you want to get back there, get the win, because I keep seeing all these Argo highlights, us, and it keeps bringing back uh, bad memories from uh, almost a year ago. <laughs> and we got to wash those out. We got to got to get back there. Us got to got to get redemption. Unfinished business tour. Well, I agree. Um, anyways, we'll uh, we'll get into a little bit more Bombers Riders with uh, with Billick. Uh, although, why don't we quickly hit practice? Because um, the team is back today. It's day one of the practice week, a little bit shorter because of the schedule, you know, between the Labor Day Classic and the Banjo Bowl. Great news to see Theodric Hansen practicing, Malik Clements and Celestin Habba all out there today. Mike Miller not practicing, but is there and... God knows there's been a lot of talk about special teams, both in the return game and the coverage unit. Um, this team misses Mike Miller on the coverage unit. He, uh, <laughs> I remember the shirts last year with the goat on it. I mean, no one's done it better as far as tackling dudes on special teams. He can't come back quick enough. But the guy that Winnipeg Blue Bombers are really missing right now is Janarian Grant. And no sign of him at practice today. All I can hope, Remo, is that they've stuffed him in a hyperbaric chamber for 48 or 72 hours and maybe he'll emerge out of it ready to go because he was doing some wind sprints last week but we still have not seen him out of practice and his return can't come soon enough for a team that is sort of you know had his return game decimated without number 80 out there yeah we talked about the difference between punt return yards and kickoff return yards and Saskatchewan had a, a pretty big advantage over the Bombers and yeah, August 30, um, you know, Janarian Grant was doing end zone sprints. That was a week ago. He had an ankle injury, July 7, and the last week was the first time they had seen him. And returning to practice today, Derek Taylor tweets no sign of him. So um, the fact that he's not there leads me to believe he's not going to play this week. Like how? So July 7, he had an ankle injury. Tomorrow is, is September 7. That's two months. What that would be like four. That's like eight weeks. It's an ankle injury. You think isn't that usually like a four? I'm not a doctor, but isn't that usually four to six week timeline? So you have to think he'd be back soon. If he was on the field, maybe he reaggravated. I have no idea. We'll have to wait to see if Mike O'Shea said anything. But uh, we saw last week how much they miss him, and um, hopefully he does make a quick return. And he's there for the games that matter the most. Uh, exactly. Um, but this one matters a lot to everybody involved. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we'll be, uh, we'll hear probably what the, uh, coaches and some of the, uh, key parties have to say afterwards. And we'll have some of that tomorrow for you on the program. Um, and then a heck of a lot more heading into the week on the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. And as I say, we'll touch on this more with Billick coming up in the next segment. Um, We've got some good jet news coming up. Uh, first of all, individual tickets are going on sale. Um, and that, I believe, is Friday. What is even more exciting for us at Winnipeg Sports Talk, and I have mentioned this to you all, 
And before you start jumping on tickets for individual games, you're going to want to check out the first time we've ever done anything like this, our WST pack. And um, we'll officially launch it tomorrow. But as a bit of a teaser, we have picked out four of the best games of the year spread throughout the season. Uh, we've got a few rows in my favorite section in the building. It's going to be tickets for these games. Everyone's going to get a, a, a drink with their ticket of their choice, either a beer, a Crown Royal product, or a pop or a water. Um, and even better, we've been able to work out a little uh, get-together area before the games and actually early access for WSTers with the pack. So we are really fired up about this. Um, and tomorrow, to get things going... Um, we'll uh, kind of officially unveil it to you all. The link will be live if you want to get in on it. We'd love to see as many of you join us. Remus and I will be at the games kind of hosting it and hanging out with all of you, kind of taking what we've done at the Gold Eyes games and our sold-out sports trivia to the next level. We know that the Jets are the topic that get people more into it than anything else. And, uh, um, you know, as we've kind of built this community, um, I think many people have said the best times they've had is getting together with folks at some of these events. So, um, and I know there's a lot of people that want to support the team. They can't afford season tickets. They don't have time to go to all those games. And even one of the smaller packs is maybe more difficult. So we're going to give you guys an option to come out four times in the season for the best games with the WST crew. And uh, I cannot wait to get going uh, with this. And speaking of the Jets, so hang tight on that. We'll unveil the games and everything on tomorrow's show and how you can join us. Uh, and tomorrow we're going to really start getting into some more Jets talk as the players come back, Remo. And sounds like one Neil Pionk's going to jump on, talk a little bit about the offseason and a look ahead to 2023-2024 on WST. Yeah, Neil Pionk uh, scheduled to join us uh, tomorrow. Tune in as the guys uh, roll into town. We did see pictures. I got excited when they tweeted out uh, Gabe Velarde in uh, you know his Jets practice gear as they're holding skates. So yeah, Neil Pionk are joining in. Oh, they had oh look at all these juicy photos. Hey, check out the pants. Some guys are rocking the uh, here. I'll pull these up right now. Check this out. Uh, putting it out on X. Uh, new friends on the ice. I'm not sure. Can't see the number there. New friend. I'm assuming is that uh, Iafalo number nine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, we, but look at the pants. The rock. Is that foreshadowing that they're bringing uh, back? I hope it is. Red pants. I hope it is. Um, and they got the Jets practice jersey. There's Lowry. Man, they got red numbers on the helmet. Red pants. What's going on here? Oh, my spidey senses are tingling about a potential. Yeah, there's oh, there's Velarde. Let's just say this. I have no inside information or anything on this. However, usually the main equipment of a team, I would imagine, would be given to the players, especially Ooh. new players, to get going. Look at that logo. That will be such a big win for the Jets if the Heritage jersey becomes more or less the regular home jersey. And this is no knock on the regular unis. I just think that the Heritage jerseys, honest to God, are amongst Too the good. best in the National Hockey League. I have not met anyone that doesn't like them. And uh, they're, immensely, they're immensely popular with fans. 
I know they're incredibly popular with the players. So uh, maybe this is a little foreshadowing that we're going to get a little bit more consistency of the Heritage jerseys next year because, uh, as they say, uh, that that's a home run if that happens. Yeah, I mean, some, this, there's a guy in the background of this picture of Lauren Brossois looking back in jet skier wearing re- the regular blue pants, but all those guys that they just showed, Lowry, Ayafalo, Velarde, one, looking great in Jets blue, but also, yeah, rocking these uh, these red pants. So uh, we'll have to see, and I agree with you. I mean, I like the, the blue Jets jersey more than the white one. Um, the new white one, I have some issues with it, but the, the Heritage, just way too good to be put in the closet uh, for that long, and they brought him out more last season, and I wonder if uh, we get to them, but this... We're getting close. When are our first line rushes of the year? Because you know I get excited <laughs> about line uh, rushes. And- just joking. The, you know, that first, the uh, the tweet off or X off between Mike and Ken mm-hmm. and Billick uh, and Marat, uh, the tweet off as to line rushes in the first practice. Can't wait. We maybe should get Coolbet to drop some lines on that. I'll, I'll discuss with the bookie. Say, can we... Can we have lines on who will tweet the lines out first? Who will be the official first tweet or X post of the lines coming up this year? But, hey, listen, I I know why there'll be a lot of anticipation for that. Um, Because with new players coming in, some major questions as to how this team is going to look going into year two of Rick Bonus. Um, That first day of training camp is going to be wild, both in front of microphones as well as on the ice. So, um as I said, we're going to get into more Jets topics uh, and look ahead to training camp with Marat a little bit later on. But um, keep your eyes out on the Winnipeg Sports Talk socials as well as join us tomorrow. Neil Pionk is going to jump on and we will fully roll out all of the details on the Winnipeg Sports Talk four-game ticket pack hosted by the boys here at WST. And uh, hopefully we can... Uh, Hopefully we can start something really cool up there. A little bit of fun before the games. Might be able to work on, uh, you know, some chants and whatnot amongst the crew. I mean, let's take the fun to the next level. So uh, anyways, tomorrow that drops with us here on WST. And uh, looking, I'm just looking at the YouTube chat right now. Great to see um, the the support for the initiative. And uh, yeah, we'll roll it out tomorrow and... uh, Looking forward to uh, making that happen this year amongst a number of things, including hopefully we'll see you guys out at FanFest as we kind of get this going. And uh, that is going to be a real fun day uh, as well. But um, September's here, and you know what that means. The Jets are back. The Banjo Bowl's coming up, and we got a lot to talk about here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Uh, Billick is going to join us in just a moment. Uh, Before we do that, let me give a big shout out to uh, a modern man barber shops who now have eight conveniently located spots in this city for you to drop in and uh, get whatever you need done. Haircuts, beard shaping, shaves, color services, and more. An incredible selection of products as well. Um, and don't forget the two newest locations on Pemina Highway and over on Plessy Road. Whatever you need when it comes to your dome Modern Man has got you covered. Book your look and make an appointment at modernmanbarber.com. Any of the locations you can book into on that. 
And you can also follow them on Instagram at Modern Man Barbershops. Well, pool season, not entirely done, but getting close. And we know that Aquatech is the leaders in above ground and in ground pools. And if you were thinking about planning a pool for next year, it's probably a great time to get on that with the Aquatech experts. But now as we move into fall, I know many of you are probably thinking about enhancing your kitchen, your bathroom, or even adding a man cave to your home. Well, Aquatech has thousands of renos as their foundation and are ready to make your reno dreams a reality. Visit aqua-tech.ca to learn about their whole home renovations, including financing options. Um, well, fall is here. I know there's going to be, well, it's not quite here yet, although I'm looking out the window right now, and I think we can see plenty of change in the leaves. Um, we might not be having the great summer long weekends anymore, uh, but as we finish up the year and get ready for winter, you know, batteries are always key. And, uh, you know, Donnie and Manitoba Battery have been powering us through the summer for all the summer fun. But as things get cold, you're going to need your car, your truck batteries, and everything else that powers you through winter to be top-notch. Great to get ahead of that right now at Manitoba Battery, 1026 Logan Avenue. Go to manitobabattery.com for all of your battery needs. Best prices in town, beating the pants off the big box stores, and they'll deliver it to you anywhere in the city inside the perimeter for free with any purchase over 60 bucks it's that easy pop down and see them manitobabattery.com give them a call or pop by and see them at 1026 logan avenue and uh tell you what i hope the i hope the canadian club um i hope the canadian club stocks are ready for saturday because that building is going to be rocking i think the fans are going to be thirsty and whether it's CC or whether it is CC and ginger ale in cans, which you can also pick up in your beer store, we're going to be seeing a lot of those around. Mix in a water and a few CCs for the big game on Saturday. Canadian Club, proud sponsor of the Bombers and Winnipeg Sports Talk. Available at your local Manitoba Liquor Marts and CC and ginger available at beer stores throughout the city. All right, let's get Billick in here. And... Um, you know, right off the top, shout out to Billick. I unfortunately couldn't attend in person last <laughs> night or Reem because I had another draft going on. But shout out to Taylor Allen for organizing the first Winnipeg Media yeah. Fantasy League. Scotty, how did you enjoy it? How did it go for you? You did snake me a couple times, which I was angry about, but that's the beauty of the draft. And yeah. uh, a good crew of the fellas down at the Hall of Fame. And now we're ready to yeah. kick off tomorrow night. Well, yeah, for sure. Like, shout out, first of all, yeah, to Taylor and shout out to Manitoba Sports Hall of Fame for opening up that room. Like, you know, I've had some pretty good fantasy football drafts in the past. Most of the time, you're just like outdoors with a nice big screen or uh, maybe you're old school and you'd have like a big like um, kind of a chalkboard and you'd put your like your stickers or your players and all that. But this was cool. Like, we were just, yeah, there's the picture that I sent out. I mean, I, that's the best backdrop I probably had for a fantasy football draft. Like, it was pretty cool. So, yeah, it, it felt it felt GM-y, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, you're in there, you're like, you're just, like, around this thing. There's nothing in the middle, but you're just kind of around. Everybody's, like, got papers on. I was, I was, it was funny to see how into it, like, Eddie Tate was and, and Ted Wyman, like, 
I'm not calling them old or whatever, but based on the age in that room, they were up or up there. But you know, they got the they got the papers out and they're looking at it. You got the glasses on, right? Halfway down the nose, staring at their papers, like checking things off. It was tremendous. It was a good draft. It was fun. Um, yeah, I hadn't done a super flex before, so um, that was interesting to see how quarterbacks kind of went and how, you know, uh, quarterbacks that you probably would never even draft and most of the time are on your waiver wire um, were, were higher picks than I, I suppose they would normally go. So, yeah, it was fun. It was a good time. And, uh, yeah, I hope it continues the, the first year of the Media League. Uh, where did you Where did you pick? One. I picked six. So I was kind of in the mushy middle there. Um, did you take a QB yeah. first? I did. I took Lamar Jackson, yeah. So and I was like, you know, whatever. Like, Superflex, I hadn't done it before. So, you know, and I understand, like, you know, like first downs are a big deal and, and quarterback stats are kind of elevated or whatever. So, yeah, I took Lamar first. Obviously, you had Mahomes. uh Getting lucky on that RNG. Oh, it was just uh, to, beautiful. To I was glad overall. to finally be able to take Mahomes where he deserves to be picked. Right, one, right, one. Right. Uh, and that's why and I have been in a super flex before, like using uh, you know, the option of using the two quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. So I'm in for it. And I kind of at the end, I picked Kenny Pickett as a third QB. And then I picked Baker Mayfield again later on, just thinking that the trade value of that player as a starting QB probably was yeah. better than anything else that was going to be available for us. So we'll keep yeah. you up to date on the media league throughout the year occasionally <laughs> as to how things are going. Um, listen, I know we're going to be all watching the Chiefs and Lions tomorrow as the NFL season kicks off. But, man, do we have the scene is set for oh. Saturday afternoon coming out of the Labor Day Classic. Um, Billick, what did you think of the game um, from a Bombers perspective? Um Listen, there was a lot of anger afterwards, partly at Saskatchewan, one player in particular, but I think a lot of anger directed internally over missed opportunities for a game that was very much there for the taking for Winnipeg in the fourth quarter. Yep. Yeah, I mean, that's it, right? The Bombers didn't shut it down, right? I mean, they had their chances. I mean, they had their chances throughout the game. Uh, I mean, Dalton Schoen dropped two missed balls that that he should have caught earlier on in the game that that would extend drives. Obviously, there there was the pick from from Claros. There was the DBs trying to make plays, and they, you know you don't fault the DBs, but at the end of the day, you don't fault the DBs for trying to make plays. But at the end of the day, I mean, when you have a you know a team basically on their one yard line, and then they turn what could have been. I mean, it would it still it still was going to be a catch there on, on Demario Houston, but it wasn't going to be a sixty four yard catch and run, right? So. So those things are difficult, right? And I get it because if that play turns out differently, then it's probably a pick six at that point. And, 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 and that's what you're going for. I mean, the Bombers at that point were still down and, and you're, you're, you're kind of looking for that spark because it just wasn't there for the team early on. Like that first half, I mean, it, you know, that, that, that right off the bat, that, that onside kick kind of set the tone for the game. Like, Saskatchewan was was clever with the way that they played. They were obviously a little dirty at, at times, um, of course, with 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 the headbutt and all that. But but no, but you're right. I mean, it totally sets the tone for this week because you know at the end of the day, you know the Bombers lost by two points in in, in overtime, and 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 it was right down the way. Like that 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 toss to Kenny Lawler in overtime was just tremendous, right? Like. You're like, okay, the Bombers are, you know, it, it's rough. And 
and and and they're down by eight, and then it's like one play, and it changes the completely changes the game. But a great defensive play in overtime and the two point convert there by by Saskatchewan to do with something that Willie Jefferson had done all night with batting balls down, um, you know, on, on the D line and that sort of thing. So. But it, it was it was it was a classic Labor Day game, right? Like I mean, they call it the Labor Day Classic, and and oftentimes those games. And we talked about it last week, and you know, like the one thing is like you know, it doesn't matter what the records of the teams are coming in, and and you saw that, like that game had a completely different feel to it. Like it, it felt like it, it kind of feels like a Grey Cup, you know, at at times it, it, because of just. It's not obviously the magnitude of the game, uh, you know, obviously, but it, it is in terms of how the fans and, and how people just kind of react to that game uh, and how how the players get up for that game, right? It, it truly feels like a championship game. Uh, and the Banjo Bowl, it, it feels the same, right? Because now, you know, the riders have a chance to come in and and and, and do the two-week sweep, right? And, and, and the Bombers have a lot to, you know, a lot to make amends for, let's say, uh, in that game. Outside of the headbutt and all that kind of thing, you know, that didn't really change the tra- trajectory of, of, of the game or, or the outcome of the game. So, yeah, Saturday, and, and you know, we know IG Field is going to be an absolute madhouse, right? So, yeah, it's going to be fun. I mean, this is the best two weeks of the year in the CFL. Um, you know, outside of the Grey Cup game, I don't think the CFL looks forward more to a game than, than last week. And, and outside of last week's game, and the Grey Cup, it'd be this week's game. It's just, it's mm. everybody's watching it, right? It, it's a, it's a, it, and 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 after last week, I think there's going to be even more eyes watching it because I think you're expecting a, a, a hell of a response from the Bombers, right? And and yeah, and we're going to see if the Riders can keep that momentum going. So it, it's going to be a good game. Speaking of momentum, I, I will say this, um, and this is not to bury Horowitz, Horowitz myself because I know I bitched a lot <laughs> about the game being on Sunday. And since they have moved this game to Saturday, yeah, it has it has taken uh, this entire thing has gone to a whole nother level year over year over year. And listen, a big part of that is the popularity of the Bombers, the success that they've had. But I mean, we are now set up for. I mean, listen, if you're a football fan, and I know there's a lot of people, uh, well, hopefully not many. Sometimes the louder ones that. You know, I hate the NFL. I hate the CFL. Most people, yeah. I think, are football fans and love it all. And we've got the biggest regular season home game of the year, the best rivalry in Canadian football, the best atmosphere in Canadian football on Saturday. Um, we got the NFL kickoff game tomorrow night, and then we've got our first NFL Sunday, where a lot of Bomber fans who will have, let's just say, spent themselves on a long and grueling Saturday can become one with their coach in a horizontal position for the better part of 11 to 12 hours following their fantasy teams and their bets. And it doesn't get much better than that. Um, The game though itself, Scott, this one, I mean, to your point, especially with the riders winning last week and in the fashion they did, it's almost like putting gas on a fire. This game has been sold out for a few weeks. We were looking at the yeah. secondary market already. The get-in price is about a 120. I cannot remember that being the case ever, even in previously mm-hmm. sold-out Banjo Bulls. Um, but there's legitimate bad blood between these teams, and there often yeah. is. But, man, I mean, a headbutt in that fashion, which... 
I mean, it was egregious. It was a cheap shot. It was so incredibly stupid considering yeah. where they were in the game and what the stakes were at that time. But there's a lot of, I mean, the Bombers are, I, I think what is going to make them even more fired up for this game, if it's possible, is not the shot on their quarterback, is the fact that they didn't make Saskatchewan pay on the scoreboard right. at the end of that game and really sort of let them off the hook. Because, I mean, yeah. the more I think about it, I, I'm not sure that I can compare anything <laughs> to just how dumb that penalty was when you consider you've just got the offense off the field. They're about to yeah. kick a field goal. It was basically handing a free four points unnecessarily over. Um, and the Bombers had that lead, and they didn't handle it, and uh, were done. <clears throat> ended yeah. up losing in overtime. So there's so much that goes into this, both bad blood as well as, I think, some real consternation and frustration about not being able to finish the job when it was gift wrapped for them in the fourth quarter. Yeah. I mean, that's the one that sort of, you know, know, like if you talk about like a dagger getting stuck in somebody and and like losing that game was the twist of the dagger, right? Like it was, it it was like, yeah, like it's almost like they didn't rally around what took place there. And, and honestly, like, I, I I mean I don't think the bombers well we'll see that you know they're they're starting to practice now this week um, you know I and Zach was quite animated at, well I don't know animated is right word he was quite pissed off after the end of the game um, I, I wonder it, you didn't really see a whole lot of bombers I don't think a lot of guys saw it right like I mean I think that's part of the problem like part of the problem with that play in itself was that none of the refs saw it, right? Like, they didn't see it until way <laughs> later, you know? like No flags. Like, there's no flags. And then, so then they, they, I don't know how they came together and threw a flag, right? Like I think the command the, center was going, yo, guys, hello, yeah. wake well, up. I mean, I mean, so, like, that's a problem in itself, right? Like, that they're, like, I mean, even before, like, the bomber's not really doing anything. But you, you expect one referee to still keeping, to still be keeping his eye on the quarterback, right? Like, that's, that's the job. This league needs to protect its quarterbacks, and we've seen it before. But, but you're right. Like the hit itself was so, like I mean, I, they, they were showing pictures of the Simeon, uh, yeah, the Simeon Lawrence hit on Claros many years ago in Saskatchewan. But, but even that one, like it, as bad as that that Lawrence hit was on Claros, like you understand mm-hmm. what Lawrence was doing because you know when a quarterback slides, there's, there's that that thin margin where a guy is going to either tackle him or he's not going to tackle him. And whatever, so he got him in the head. But this one was just like a guy was so amped up that he couldn't he couldn't help himself. And, and then he just like it, it was like was it is it Vinny Testaverde? Is that the one who did it in the end zone long ago where he like concussed himself? No, no, Gus Ferrat. Gus Ferrat. That's it. Not Gus Ferrat. The self inflicted concussion, celebrating like, a TD. That's what it felt like, right? The guy was just like there was so <laughs> much energy in that guy. And he was just like, I'm going to hit the first thing that I see. And, and then he just like headbutts Kalaros. Right? Like, it's almost like he just completely blacked out in that situation, right? Like he was, I don't know. It was, it was the oddest thing. It was, of course, it looks, it, it, it's, it's predatory. It's hundred percent. Like, you know, one game, whatever it is, what it is. At least they're, at least, at least they gave a suspension. And I don't think, I haven't heard anything. It doesn't sound like they're going to appeal it and nor should they. And probably for what's his name's, um, safety let's say in 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 that game because he would that that is a guy i mean i'm not saying that there's bounties or anything like that 
But you you know that guy would be more. What is his name? Robinson? Rob, Pete Robinson? Yeah, Robinson? Pete Robertson. Rob, Robertson, yeah. Um, yeah, like you know that. Yeah, he's probably lucky he's not playing in this game this week. Let's just say that. But I think it's also a good thing for the Bombers that he's not playing and not just because, because I just – there's such a thin line between retribution and – and trying to keep your cool. And, you know, if that game kind of starts <laughs> to get out of hand for the Bombers, you know, in, in an imperfect world for Bomber fans, if that happened, like, you could see a shot being taken there. So, you know, that's the thing, though. Like, I mean, that, that game itself, like, there there was, you know, the Rough Riders, and they said it themselves after the game, like, we took a lot of bad penalties in that game. And they and that's the other thing. Like, outside of that, that one penalty, it, there was more than that that the Bombers, you know, just – it didn't add up in the end, right? And so I, I agree with your your original point. Then that I think this game is a lot about it, it's a lot of inward looking too. I mean, we we all look at the headbutt and say, well, whatever. And it, th- those things get inflated all often, and people blame that for the loss or whatever at times. And yeah, it's the Bombers are probably the best self reflective team in the league in terms of the way that they. Um, would have gone into the film room on Monday or Tuesday or whenever they, they got back into the film room there and and would have looked at that game. And I don't think they would have been thinking about the headbutt. Like, they would have been thinking, okay, like, th- these are the plays that, that we didn't do, right? Like, you know, Demario Houston or Winston Rose or, you know, just some of these plays where I think they could have they, they could have mitigated the damage that was happening when they weren't in control of the game. And, and and I think that's the thing that that the bombers will do. And you know, I, and we said it last week. We were talking about last week. You know, how are the bombers going to come into this game? To point to prove and all that stuff. And they didn't really do it. But I, I suspect that this is this is a little more. Um, I don't want to call it personal, but you know, there's just. I think everybody to a man in that in that dressing room is going to feel like they need to do better, whether it's from drop balls or. Or interceptions, or or, or miscoverage, and misassignments, right? And and we, I, you know the one thing that we need to talk about that needs to get better this week is their special teams, right? Like you know outside of the kicking, kicking is great, you know nothing, but but their punt coverage and their they're just their, their kick coverage is is atrocious. Like guys are getting way more yards than they. I I've never seen this in a Mike O'Shea team where the, they're losing the special teams battle, right? Like I mean. They're giving up way too many yards on kick returns, and 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 McCray and Parker just aren't generating grant. Like I, I tweeted out during the game, like these guys are going nowhere, right? Like like gener- I don't know what it is with Janarian. Like he's obviously fast, he's very shifty, and that sort of thing. But like McCray and Parker just aren't getting it done back there, and they're they're you, the, the Bombers just get no field position, right? Like there's, but part of that too is is you know the blocking upfield and all that. Like it's just it's not the same as it used to be, and. And so, I mean, as much as, you know, Janarian needs to be back and hopefully playing with the Bombers at some point soon, like, they still need to get better on their downfield coverage to try and actually make, you know, a hole for a guy to get past the 25-yard line, right? Like, I mean, that's the problem. Like, Saskatchewan, it felt like all game. They were starting at their own 40, their own 45, sometimes midfield, where the Bombers were stuck at their 25, their 20, right? I mean, even their 30, but it's it's just not enough. And, and... So that's another part. Like that, that was a big part of that game, and a big part, in my opinion, why that that they lost. They just don't have. They're they're just not giving themselves a chance. And of course, they have the best offense in the CFL. I, I mean, I don't think we can. I mean, you can argue about Toronto and whatever, but 
but when, when you're starting so far behind, when you need to go 80 yards downfield every time to try and get a touchdown, like it, I'm not saying this offense it can't isn't capable of doing that. They of course they are. We we see it all the time, but they're just I don't know. I I didn't think that they gave themselves the they just didn't win that they just didn't win that phase of the game. And and when you don't win that phase of the game and you're struggling in other areas, which they did at times in, in that game, uh, you know, special teams has been something for them that's always been kind of rock solid and then it's just, and, and it a hasn't leg up, been that way, right? A, exactly. a leg up on pretty much right? everyone else that they played. Yeah. And listen, Scott, I mean I, you're on to a couple of things that I think are very, very important going into this uh, this matchup because both defenses played well. Yeah. Um, I thought the bomber defense really held them in the in the football game, you know, with all the two and outs they were causing when the bomber pass offense was non-existent yeah. until that bit. But you talk about the the huge difference in return yards for and return yards against. And I'm not sure. I've been trying to think, and I know, Osh, uh, you know, and again, this is what have you done for me lately? The guy's, you know, the greatest coach of uh, all of our lifetimes here <laughs> has done more with this team. And you know what? Hey, it, you're never, uh, you're never <laughs> or free from the odd second guessing, especially in a rivalry game when it goes the way that it did. Yeah. But I, for the life of me, cannot understand the decision that they made up down 1917 to give up that single point when yeah. they had the option i mean it was right. another it was another stupid play by Saskatchewan like yeah. how you take a no yards penalty in the end zone in that right. spot and it seemed like they let them off the hook by giving them the point and taking it at the 40 as opposed to the 30 and i have to say that is so uncharacteristic of O'Shea. I mean, I think mm -hmm. there's been a trend in the Canadian Football League, and he's been at the forefront of it over the last 10 years, of being far more hesitant to give up single points and to try and run kicks out. Mm -hmm. To me, the difference between the 40-yard line and the 30-yard line, thinking that that was worth a point in a two- or three-point yeah. game in the fourth quarter was stunning to me and I know he did say afterwards looking back at that maybe that was a decision he'd like to have back yeah. but I think the fact that that was even a question I think a lot of it speaks to the massive difference of what both teams were getting in on special teams and yeah I mean that's got to change and by the way while we're talking about special teams I gotta give a shout out to one bird in chat he had a great question for the why not question of the day so let's do this right now and let us know in chat, why not question of the day for not Autocorp at Waverly and McGilvery? When it comes to Bomber special teams, who is this team missing more? Janarian Grant or Mike Miller? Because both sides, yeah. these are the two all-stars of both units. Both are out right now, and both yeah. really are struggling. I think it's easy to kind of lean on Janarian for obvious reasons. But I'll tell you what, Mike Miller's absence has been very clearly noted because a lot of those times where he was getting a guy for a four or five yard run that tackle isn't happening right now and it's going for another 25. yeah and and that, it's a great it's a great question right because i think at the end of the day you would probably actually say it's mike miller right i mean i, I think i think because you you trust in your offense so much to make up that 15 20 yards that maybe they don't get out of janarian 
um, you know, they can do that in a couple throws, right? One throw, one throw, do they just flip the field around, right? Like that's, that's what the Bombers are great at on offense, but it, it's true. I mean, I, one of the things that, that, that was really missing in that game was keeping Regina and their quarterback who most of the game, like very inconsistent, right? Like a lot of overthrows, a ton of overthrows, right? I mean, I remember talking to a couple of buddies I was watching the game with, and I'm like, this guy can't throw the ball. And then all of a sudden he would, right? I mean, it, it was like he could either throw this, like, you know, eye of the needle dart, or he would throw it, you know, he basically toss a field goal, right? And, but, you know, you, you just, you gave him that field position all night. And, and, yeah, it's a great question. I mean, it's a good question of the day. And, 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 and maybe even my own um, estimation, you know, yeah, Mike Miller probably is the guy that they're missing the most. I, I think, I think for for teams that that struggle on offense, that 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 if you make the field twenty yards longer for them, off of a kickoff or whatever, um, punt return, whatever it is, uh, it's crippling at times, right? Like, I mean, that that's what it changes. You know, the exact thing they have to get another first down when they're you know. They're prone to doing two and outs and stuff like that. Like I, I do, I do think that. Yeah, uh, yeah. Great point by who was it? Who was it in chat? One bird, fun bird, one bird, always with go. us in the chat. Yeah. One of the many great regulars question. that. Yeah, hey, yeah. you know, it's like the clock is right twice a day, even if it's broken. There's the odd <laughs> great stuff. I'm kidding. That was a great. Uh, They're still question. talking about one the bird. carpet. The carpet. They want the carpet on special teams. <laughs> I got the KNR shovel back here. That <laughs> the like shovel. I was wondering what the hell that thing was. Someone called so that out. Uh, is yeah, that actually I mean, a useful shovel, or is that more a weapon, or something that people whack um, their monitors with when there's a bad take on one of our shows? <laughs> it's uh, it's there for many things. Let's say it, it's mul- <laughs> it's a multi-use tool. Let's just say personal that, right? security. So, hey, Billick. Yeah. Um, before <laughs> yeah. we go. NFL season kicks off. I know we've all yeah. been <clears> – <throat> my brain's fried from fantasy draft, to be perfectly oh, honest. Yeah. And yeah. I'm just looking forward to getting a game in. But uh, what uh, what are your thoughts on the upcoming season? Do you have any hot takes about uh, any teams that are going to be uh, big winners this year? Uh, are you high on any teams that are maybe going to make a move? Or you think it's going to be more of the same with the top teams in the AFC and the NFC sort of being the usual suspects from last year? So like everybody knows I'm a Pats fan, right? So I mean that, that's you know I have been. Everybody knows Tom tough Brady. Tough division and all that. this year. <laughs> it's a, it's a tough, but I. Is it a hot take? And maybe this is just because I'm a Pat fan. Is it a hot take to say with that defense that they have, and we know the Pats defense is quite good, and maybe Zeke comes in and does something? I, I, I'm interested. I I just I'm not entirely sure. I, I don't want to say it because I know. Like, you know, the Pats probably deserve some years where they're just not the best team in the division or not even second or third or whatever, right? But I but I do think, like, I, I do think that the Pats are, I, I think, I, I don't know if I'd call them a dark horse, but, but I think they can be good. It, it is a tough division. I'm interested to see how Miami does because with Tua not, you know, it, it depends. They're one, they're one shot away on Tua. To not being a, a you know I just don't think they're a great team and without Tua uh, and and so there's that uh, but you know yeah other than that um, I, I'm interested in Chicago wow. this year I'm interested to see what they they, they can do um, 
yeah, I'm always interested in, in Minnesota just to see how, how they are. Um, you know, I think your boys are probably still right up there. Um, I am really interested in the New York Jets, though. And I hate the oh, Jets, yeah. right? <clears throat> I, I hate the New York Jets. Like, I, I, they, I, I hate Bart Scott, even though he's probably the one best soundbite and <laughs> one of the best soundbites in NFL history. Um, you know, I hate the Jets with a passion. I do. I, I just don't like them. Um, don't clip that. Oh, so just about to say, we're clipping say, that clip for that. sure there's, and using it throughout hockey some, season. Billick again, some, <laughs> taking yeah, shots at the some, local hockey team. Yeah, that was yeah, an yeah, NFL yeah. conversation before the <laughs> season even started. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I'm super interested in them, right? I mean, I, I think they have a quarterback now, which, which they haven't really ever had <laughs> since I don't know when. It's been a long time since they had a good quarterback. Since Mark Sanchez he... led them to back-to-back <laughs> AFC championship games? <laughs> the fact of the matter is he did that. He did He did do that. You're right. You're right. Then he butt-fumbled. The butt-fumble so, I mean, ended his can... career. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, whatever. Like, I mean, Sanchez was all right. But, you know, like, I just think they, they have a team, right? Like, they have a team. And obviously Buffalo's the, the the darling of that division, of course. But I'm interested to see what the Jets can do with a let. Do we call him a rejuvenated Aaron Rodgers? Like I, I don't know what yeah. it is because Rodgers didn't have a great year last year. But but there's so much that has gone into the last couple seasons of Aaron Rodgers, right? Like maybe he wants to be in Green Bay, but he probably doesn't want to be in Green Bay and just not really liking the situation that he's been in. From watching um, Hard Knocks, I think it's pretty clear. I think that so. He's right? loving every second yeah. of it, and he was doing everything yeah. that he could yeah. to move on after signing that extension. Hey, your they, Pats, by the way. A, yeah. Your Pats, by the right, way, plus two sixty to make the playoffs. <laughs> so if you think that yeah. they can, uh, they can pull it off. That AFC is really, really tough. But well, uh, I mean, we talked about the Jets. I mean, they play Buffalo on Monday night, right? Like, I mean, that's. Like that's a tough matchup for the Jets, right? I mean, they're they're playing the. I don't know if you call them the best offense in the league, but they're the second best if it's not for your boys. Bills, so, Bills are Bills know? are pretty damn good too. And think about what they were yeah. before Josh got injured last year. And yeah. I will just say this though, they go in that that's not a that's not an easy opener. Road game yeah. in the division, Aaron Rodgers debut playing in New York City on September 11th. Ay, yeah, yeah, that one is uh, is uh, is nuts. Well, we'll get to that a little bit more later on, yeah. And then I'll tell you what we will do. Uh, we got to get to the lines because CFL lines are out as well, so uh, we will do that. Yeah. Billick, great stuff as always. Good yeah. luck in our media fantasy league. Not too much luck. I'm not sure when we play, but uh, maybe we'll <laughs> have to have a beer or something on the game. Yeah, and um, and we'll go. Uh, we'll go from there. So yeah. It's going to be fun. We're going to talk a little Jets with uh, Marat and a special guest here in a moment. And special then, guest, uh, yeah. And then yeah. talk. Did you watch the hoops this morning? Did I? Yeah. I did not. No, no. I wasn't up that early, Huss. Come on, gonna... I'm on holidays, man. I've been. Yeah. Well, been, you know what? The I've good thing sleeping. for you is you'll probably be playing video games until 3.30 oh, in the morning on Friday. That's, and that's, that's when the semifinal is against Serbia. So okay, this I'll is going to work yeah. well with your schedule. It's, it's, it's horrible. My <laughs> wife has been complaining a lot about my schedule. It's bad. So, yeah. All right, man. <laughs> All right, Kate. Thanks a lot, dude. Yeah. Uh, great to have you. Uh, great to have you on the program. There is, uh, is Scott Billick. Uh, great stuff from Scotty. <laughs> of course, you can read all of his work in the uh, in the Winnipeg Sun. All right. Um, before 
we get over to a little bit of jet talk, um, I have to give a big thanks to our friends at Vita Health Fresh Market. Great prices on natural and organic supplements, beauty products, groceries, and of course, Winnipeg's largest selection of local products too. And right now, when you order online, you can choose same-day local delivery and get it for free. Check this out. Uh, use the discount code LOCALSHIP, all one word, LOCALSHIP. Details are on the website, free delivery in the city of Winnipeg right now over at Vita Health. Still some time to get those delicious grass-fed bison and beef steaks on the grill. Wash it down with some sober carpenter beer or lemonade. And again, if you can't make it down to one of six Vita Health locations, online ordering, free local delivery, it is all there right now. Vita Health Fresh Market, empowering people to lead healthy lives. Uh, Wallace and Wallace continues to uh, grind out every last day, <laughs> taking care of Winnipeggers fences and overhead doors before the snow starts to fly. Um, hey, they've been serving residential and commercial customers since 1946. If you need the security and protection of a new fence, or if winter, if winter did a number on your old one, they've got you covered. Vinyl, ornamental, welded wire, chain link, or wood. And if it's time to replace your garage door, Wallace & Wallace has Winnipeg's largest selection of overhead garage doors. 452-2700 is the number. The Wallace & Wallace team will arrange a time to come out and give you a free estimate. You can also visit them at wallacefences.com or pop down to their showroom in Lawson Crescent off of Keniston. Um, we all know Murat's a very well-dressed guy. If you need, if you look in your closet, folks, and say, damn, I got to get my, uh, I got to get my act together heading into the fall. Well, one spot to go for that is F Apparel. They're down at 190 Smith Street and uh, you've got it all, guys. A custom suits beginning at 400 bucks along with chinos, golf pants, custom shirts, both tucked and untucked styles and an incredible selection of menswear accessories. Get on down there, get fitted, check out everything you have. And if you're in a wedding party or having your own wedding, talk to the guys about a 15% discount for wedding parties. Check them out online or make an appointment at F, that's ephapparel.com. And you can always pop down and see him just down this street from the rink at 190 Smith Street downtown. Just before we bring in Murata, big cheers and congrats to Nick and Nikki DQ. Of course, they've been firing us up with the stack burgers and blizzards and all those great things. They've now got a pita pit, a more healthy option. The pita pit out in Niverville. Pop by, check them out. They're open now 10 to 10. Um, anyone that's had pita pit knows how delicious and how healthy it is. And uh, you can also check them out on Twitter at Pita Pit Niverville. All right, let's get down to some Jets talk right now. And uh, we welcome in maybe the real brains of the operation. We have certainly read takes in the pages of The Athletic from Murata Tesh. But is this Murat's mom joining us right now? How are you? And welcome to the program. Oh, thank you. I'm good. And you? <sighs> Hey, listen, I'm fired up. It's great to have you on the program. We always love we always love your son joining us on the show. But uh, I saw you running around there and said, well, how could we not get a couple of off-season Jets takes from Marat's mom before he joins us? First of all, <laughs> thanks so much for doing this. And uh, how are you enjoying your time with your little boy this week? Well, he's been busy and in and out. You know, whenever I can find him, 
it's okay. How are you feeling about the squad going in? Well, actually, first things first. What did yeah. you think about the Pierre-Luc Dubois trade? We talked a lot about Pierre-Luc for a yeah. long time. He's gone now. Three new I players coming in from L.A. I didn't cry after him. <laughs> <laughs> I thought always his heart wasn't with the Jets. So I don't know if it makes sense to anybody, but that's how I felt. I um, think you were right. <laughs> I think yeah. you were very much correct in that take, and yeah. I think you saw how that ended. <laughs> yeah. What about your feelings for the upcoming season? Um, a lot of the guys we thought might get traded are still here. The coach was mad at the end of the year. How do you think that's going to look when uh, everyone gets to Winnipeg in a couple of weeks? Oh, you know, there is still some old folks there so comfortable with the old habits. And there were some trades. And that trade, the newcomers going to be mold into that old habits or it's uh, how do they go and establish themselves to prove to Jets game results? It is about winning. Um, you know what? As a, as a mother, you probably refereed some uh, fights in the family over the course of the years. What do you think Coach Bonus has to do with the players that were all in a bad mood over how angry he was with the way they lost in Game 5 in the playoffs? Well, it's not only the game five. It was all along. They were going down, down, down. And the big hope we put on the, some uh, players, they didn't show up on the ice. They were ghostly there, but they didn't do much. <laughs> you know? Uh, so that's the result. I wasn't surprised. And last year, I didn't follow the Jets as I used to so much more because my living arrangement changed. So with that, as far as I know, you know, the, the, there was Sharpie, there was Wheeler, there was this and that. It just settled. They got so comfortable and there was no improvement. We were hoping they would be waking up sometime. Game one, game two, game three, that might didn't happen. Folks, if you're uh, just popping in and wondering what's going on, this is the lovely mother of Marat. We've seen and heard her takes in his articles throughout the year. It's been so much fun having you on the year of the show. Before before we uh, get Marat on here, I just have yeah. to ask you because you've had some very uh, some very good takes. You've looked into the future well. Hmm. Is there a Winnipeg Jet player or two that you think – is poised for a real big season coming up, whether it's a bounce back season or someone that you're confident are really going to be good for the team and fans will be very happy with next year. Mm, it's not that, you know, you cannot pinpoint the one guy because online who's in there, he's uh, left and right. It is a team game. The lines yeah. matter. Yeah. So with that, and what was the guy's name that I liked, the, the center guy? Uh, he used to get the score, the most score guy. I mean, oh, you like Kyle Connor. You're Kyle, yeah, Kyle yeah, like Kyle Connor. I always liked him. He's very elegant and he's very fast and he's a talented guy. And if he has the right the, the line, that would be good. Yeah, well, they certainly, that's something we'll get into with Murat. Who's going to be Kyle Connor's center 
And how does his season look coming up? Because uh, he has scored 47 before in the bigs. Uh, mm-hmm. Been very fun having you make a little bit of a cameo here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Uh, keep those great takes coming to Marat throughout the year. Thank you. Though. Yeah, awesome. Okay. Thank you. Dusty, you had fun? <laughs> Thank you. It was so great. Oh, Marat joins us now. Uh, hey, the bars, bars raised pretty high. Bars raised pretty high with these uh, with these takes. Uh, in, in all sincerity, that was a lot of fun. How have you been having some fun with Mum back uh, hanging out for a little bit? We we know your great hockey conversations. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And first off, hustler, thank you for doing that. For me, that's a day maker, a week maker. I think that my mom's going to get a kick out of that for a little while. Um, that means a lot. So I uh, fully appreciate it. And then just to just to have her back. I mean. Um, this is actually something I bonded with Gabriel Velarde over. We, we had a chance to talk on the phone pretty recently. Um, he was still, you know, at home at the time. I don't know if anybody would relate to this, but do you ever, you know, maybe you're around my age, you're Gabriel Velarde's age, and you go home after a, a long time of being away from your parents, and you instantly regress. It's like my mom's doing all the cooking. You know, there, we got some <laughs> Turkish food on eats. We got we had this tomato soup the other day that was made with ingredients from Turkey that have made it this far so i've been pretty spoiled um in the last few days and i'm i don't mind it so much well i'm glad you had a little bit of time to jump on with us and that was a heck of a lot of fun um you know you mentioned gabriel velardi um who is here saw alex iafalo skating as well uh, more and more of the players coming out um this is going to be an interesting couple weeks as the 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 more informal part um starts because of course there are some really key new players and in particular for those guys i mean it's not only a new team but it's a new city getting settled um and the one thing i mean i can i can safely say knowing from talking to many people the jets are world class when it comes to taking care of the players and doing everything they possibly can to feel comfortable which is a great thing um but, I mean, there still is that whole process of being somewhere new, being with a new team, and not to mention, I have Fallow and Velarde in particular come here, Marat, with, um, I think, expectations, but also some pressure that, you know, they are the return for a guy that was always thought to be a very key part of the franchise in the future here. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that there is a little bit of extra weight on them right now. And I also think that transitions are a challenge you know, for anyone in any capacity, you're, you're moving to a new city, you got to figure out where to live, you got to figure out what restaurants you like, where you're going to buy your milk, right? Like the, all of those details are pieces of the machinery of life that the, that these guys are adapting to. Um, and I think that there's also a little bit of a revelation of, of character when you go through tough times. And I'm not saying their transition is a, a tough time, but it is a challenge for sure. Um, for them to make the commitment, and especially Velarde being, I think, literally the first one on the ice last week, um, and I have followed being one of the very early waves being on the ice at the Iceplex or Hockey for All Center today, um, I think that it speaks well for them. I think that that's a great decision on their parts. Certainly moving to a new city, they'd want to be settled by about this time of year, and being available to take these skates is great. It's going to maximize their comfort with the, with the facilities, where to go, where everyone is. Um, it's going to maximize their comfort with their new teammates. They've got a new, a lot of new names and um, very simple hockey nicknames to figure out as well, right? So I think that if you're one of those guys and you're looking to make uh, a positive impression and, and 
let's say in Velarde's case, really cement a, a career year and then maybe take another step forward. You want your best foot forward from day one. And I think that it's good on them that they're showing that. Um, you know, I, I will get into who fits with who for the new guys. I think once we see how things go and obviously we've had the conversation as to, you know, assuming that Rick bonus feels comfortable putting Mark Shifley back to center. I assume that that's where he'll play. Assuming that he's on the team, that number two hole that was held by Dubois is going to be really interesting. And I think we'll see some in the preseason, both Velarde and Perfetti play there. But I want to circle back to something that your mom mentioned, which of course was Kyle Connor. And I mean, Kyle Connor had a 16 goal drop last year. I mean, he was 47 goals the year before and 93 points. And last year played every game for the year and actually wasn't a point of game player. He was 31 goals and, and 80 assists. In your opinion, Murat, for the team and for him personally to be productive, where's the best fit for Kyle Connor next year based on the roster that the Winnipeg Jets have right now? For me, it depends a little bit on usage. I think that, you know, Kyle Connor's most productive days were when he and, and Pierre-Luc Dubois were just uh, running a two-man game on teams that they couldn't handle. Everybody was at the top of their game for stretches. But then Dubois would disappear for a little while and Kyle Connor would stop finishing for a second. And all of a sudden, you know, you get into a little bit of that slump scenario. The easiest thing the Jets could do would be to partner him back with Mark Shifley, where he's had offensive success before. The issue is that they've also had a lot of defensive lack of success as a duo. I think that Winnipeg's been scored on um, a little bit too much with those two guys on the ice together. And whether that's flying the zone a little bit early, which they are encouraged to do in certain situations, or um, just an inability to handle the defensive matchups that they get as elite players, there's a little bit of give and take with that. You could get a lot of offense out of them. Shifley knows Kyle Connor's timing and the reads that they make together are great, but they get scored on a lot. So if Rick Bonus has, has a deployment strategy in him where it's Connor and Shifley on that top line, and somehow he can find a way to get a lot of the heavy lifting to Adam Lowry on line three, but also whoever is his second line, such that Connor, Shifley, and maybe even Nick Ehlers can go play a ton of offensive zone starts, um, try, to use, try to use matchups to get them uh, out against lesser defensemen where possible at home. Then maybe they're having a field day offensively and their shortcomings defensively aren't an issue. But one of the things I wonder about if you're Winnipeg and you're, you're, you're talking about all this versatility, what happens if Gabriel Velarde wins that second-line center job? And it is him, despite middling face-off numbers so far. He is a defensively responsible guy. Well, then, do you give Connor to Shifley? Can you give Connor to Velarde and see the way that they both read the game? I think Connor's much faster, but there's a certain vision, I think, that they have in common as well. Um, could Winnipeg get more out of Cole Perfetti as a left wing, perhaps with Mark Shifley, who's bonded with him so far? Um, like there are there are arrangements that don't guarantee Kyle Connor on line one, even though clearly he's put up the most points in recent seasons. And all I can say is I'm fascinated. I don't know the answer. Yeah. Um, you know, one thing that I'll throw out and and I guess my personal opinion, I mean, we've seen a lot of 55 and 81 together. And, um, you know, as someone that loves goals, I mean, it can bring you out of your seats, but you can also bring you out of seats the other uh, the other way, going, uh, where were you guys uh, when that happened? And, you know, I think Rick Bonus is going to definitely 
whole, like I, I'm not sure you want to have such a difference between your number one line of what you can count on them to do in front of your netminder and what the other three lines are doing. But I will throw this out. If they go with <clears throat> Shifley and Kyle Connor as a, as a room, as a, a pairing, what do you think the chances are that a guy like Alex Iafallo, who is thought to be a very solid middle six player, but immediately comes to the Jets and based on reputation might be one of the best defensive players they have in that locker room. A player like that to play higher up in the lineup um, with two players that are very offensively gifted to sort of be the conscience and, for lack of a better term, the uh, the safety net of two high-flying scorers that do a lot of good work in their own and the other end, not as much when they're inside their own blue line. Yeah, you know, I, I have time for that idea. And I'm under the impression that King's coaching staff in Los Angeles refer to Ayafalo as something of human deodorant in that he could just clean up the messes or whatever foul smells were left behind by, by other people's work. And, I mean, in the modern NHL, it happens so fast. It's not always the center who comes back. He's the first forward, plays down low. If it's an Alex Iafalo, you can trust a player like that. If the winger is the first one to come back, maybe he's playing a higher role in the offensive zone as well. I mean, like a lot of a lot of team play just depends on everybody making the right reads and getting back and getting up as um, you know, hustling up and down the ice as much as possible. I think that back checking and, and backtracking back pressure is the single biggest indicator of effort level in five on five hockey. Um, it can determine so much of what else happens on the ice and isn't a really heralded thing. We watch the highlight reels. Usually a back check isn't on it, but it helps defensemen make reads. It helps other forwards look good because the team gets the puck back. And I think Alex Iafalo can be counted on to do that. So, you know, a moment ago I said maybe Rick Bonus can play a really sheltered offense first, Connor, Shifley, and Ehlers, which I referenced because he went to that lineup group to start last season. But if you can't get away with that and you're worried about them getting scored on, then I follow as your next uh, next best bet, I think, to make that sort of cleanup approach. What did we get? How much did we get at Connor Shifley Ehlers last year? Like two games and then I think just until the injury, and I can't remember them being reunited after his Ehlers' his injury came back, but I mean it's been a long summer, so you yeah. know Well no, I can't either. Someone will chime in. I mean, maybe at one point, but I mean it certainly was not for any consistent period of time and and like I don't know whether just what they saw, they were like, listen, we are not going back to that. We can't afford to do it. We're putting all these guys together and we're ending up chasing it around the puck a little bit more. But I the one thing that I will say, Marat, and we've talked about this before, um, but with some new players in the mix, I mean, it's something like the best fit for Nick Ehlers is fascinating because I think you can make the argument. It's not like he's never played with Shifley before. But that combination never really, it never really, at least in my opinion, amounted to what you see on paper. I mean, with these two players, you would think that the sum would be greater than the parts, and I'm not sure that it ever was. Um, like, what do you make of Ehlers' situation and the challenging challenge for the coaching staff to find the best spot to get the most out of Nick Ehlers' tantalizing skill set? Yeah, you know what? I, I think that there's a little bit of a perception issue sort of versus the the results in this case of Nikolai Ehlers. If you go back to 2018-19, 
where Paul Maurice was moving away from the Connor Shifley Wheeler lineup for just a little bit in the middle of that season, that Ehlers version of that line with Shifley and Wheeler outscored its opposition by a tremendous margin. If you just look at who scored how many goals with that lineup on the ice, Winnipeg destroyed its opposition at five on five during that time. And yeah, it was just a couple of months. I think it was just a certain stretch of games. They eventually went back to Connor Shifley and Wheeler who performed worse than the Ehlers version did, but the results were there. So why wouldn't you go back to it? The idea is maybe it was a small sample. Maybe you feel like you only got to exploit certain bad teams and in the playoffs, okay, you need that tried and true line. But I don't think that's it. I think that somewhere within the Jets organization, there's a perception that Nikolai Ehlers is a little bit difficult to play with. And even if you outscore the opposition with him on the ice, he plays a bit of jazz. There's a lot of creativity. There's a lot of surprises. And, you know, there are lots of plays that turn into highlight real goals for other players or for himself. There's a few times a game or, you know, if, uh, there are stretches of play where you, you see a giveaway or you see another player have to pull up at the blue line because he's made an extra move. And there's a little bit of discomfort and discombobulation that comes. In my mind, if the results are there, you're outscoring the other team. Just play more Ehlers, put them with Shifley all as well. But if there's any fear that that's like putting Shifley off his rhythm or if people are watching that within the organization, if the coaching staff thinks that, OK, they're burning a lot of plays as long, you know, along with the production, then maybe maybe the perception isn't as high on those guys as the actual goal totals would suggest. And that makes it a challenge, because if you can't play Shifley and Ehlers side by side, then you've got to find something else. And I think that's why that Nemestikov wheeler combination worked for him last year. Yeah, and uh, by the way, Remo uh, just uh, looked it up. I guess Shifley, Connor, and Ehlers played only 37 minutes last season together. They scored three goals, and they gave up two. At Um, five on five. At five on five. Uh, But I'm sure you would agree that, I mean, what's 37 minutes? Two games? I mean, probably yes. not enough to make a uh, a large scale scale conclusion uh, one way or the other on that. Yeah, that's like two games and change tops. Um, and usually, you want a stretch of ideally two hundred minutes before you really, really believe in a line or believe that um, that this is going to last. And that's not just a math thing. If you just think of two games and change, that's just like a small group of opposition bounces happen. Maybe you got onto the ice with the puck in a favorable position. The more minutes you have, the more that stuff evens out. And it kind of, with enough minutes, it represents the total sum of, like, what actually happens over the course of a hockey game. Murata Tesh of The Athletic is with us here on Winnipeg Sports Talk as we look ahead to uh, to training camp. Before training camp, though, comes the uh, prospects tourney out in Penticton. It is back. We're kind of getting back to pre-COVID operations, thank God. Um, Murat, this year... <clears throat> Probably a little different than next year when I think many of those young players are going to thought to have a legitimate opportunity to crack the lineup, and Rucker McGorry will probably be there. Um, but when you think of the prospects, uh, the the camp and the tournament, Brad Lambert, Chaz Lucius, Elias Salmonson, personally for me, I think I'm most looking forward to. But um, are there players that you know, you're going to be more interested maybe than others as to how they acquit themselves there leading into training camp um, because you think that, you know, they're poised maybe to give the powers that be 
very tough decisions at some point during training camp about where they deserve to be to start the season? Yeah, I, I think the three guys you name are incredibly intriguing to me because each one of them at the level that they're at right now is sort of on the precipice of great growth or at least has the opportunity to grow quite a bit from where they're at. First of all, Salmonson to make the decision to come to camp, even though he's you know on a very good team in Sweden, they're starting their season lots of not lots of opportunity necessarily. He's more of a third pairing defenseman, but at a very young age on a very good team in a very good league, that's tremendous growth potential for him. But I think that the organization's very high on him and communication's been good. So now he has an opportunity to come back. Uh, I know he was at camp earlier in the summer, but he has a chance to come back and impress against with his peers, against his peers. And I think that his stock is rising tremendously. He's very young to have had the success in the SHL that he's had. And I think that if he can show that he can make the right outlet passes to a Brad Lambert or a Chad Lucius, and if he can handle those elite prospects um, that he's playing against on the defensive side of things, it'll really just cement things for him in terms of continuing his pro career that's already playing against men. Um, with the other two guys that you mentioned, Lucius and Lambert, I mean, I don't see room for them on the NHL roster, and no matter how they tear apart competition uh, in camp and the hype will build and we'll, we'll go through that dance, I just I can't find it for them. But they do have the opportunity to be such great pros and leaders in their age group that they become – guys that the AHL Moose can count on. Like they were players for the Moose last year. They each scored a few points. They, they There were moments to like. But at this stage of each of those young men's careers, if they can be impact players, roughly point per game, counted on in big minutes, all those sorts of things, that would prove that they're on track to be top six NHLers or at least continue on that road. And I think that's the standard that they're going to want to set from the moment the puck drops. They're going to want to feel like they tear – things apart against players their own age, I think. Yeah, the like the prospects camp or the Young Stars tournament, whatever you want to call it, it is what it is. I mean, it, everyone's just brought together. There's probably very limited systems. I mean, you, you get a chance to show how fast you are. You can make a few passes. You get an opportunity to do a few things. It's probably a little more individual. But I am with you. I mean, to me, <clears throat> both for Lucius who first and foremost, hopefully he can stay healthy and just keep on playing, which has really set him back. But also Brad Lambert. Now that they've both had a taste of that league, they've gone elsewhere, they're back, they're healthy. This is the opportunity, presumably starting with the Moose, to do exactly that. I think they'll be given every opportunity to play significant minutes, important roles, roles that they project to do in the National Hockey League. And the opportunity will be there for them to announce that, you know, they really have arrived at the American Hockey League level. And if they're able to do that and be top players, put up numbers, all the things that you want your young prospects to do, I think very quickly they can earn their way into that possible group where the plan maybe wasn't to have them, but hey, you never know if someone gets hurt, you get to the playoffs, you get call people up. I mean, we could have a look at those guys beforehand. But the bottom line is one great year with the Manitoba Moose in the AHL playing against men for the full 80-game season I think puts both of those guys in a very, very good position to be regular NHLers the following year. Exactly. They, I mean, the goal for both of these players is impact status at the NHL level. And 
I doubt they're going to get what they want right here and now out of camp. So the question becomes for any person growing into a role, and maybe I sound older than I, I don't know, but for any person growing into a role, it's how you carry yourself during those sorts of things. So immediately they, their first round picks, they come with a claim. If they can set a standard with those rookies that, you know, they're doing drills correctly. They're being first on the ice for certain things. They're handling themselves like professionals and they're being good leaders amongst a, a group of players that even if they're younger, older, what have you, aren't necessarily as touted as them. If they're inclusive and all those good things, that's going to show people. I mean, the Jets care about that sort of stuff. That's going to show people, okay, they're taking this all very seriously. If they play their hearts out at camp and then become Manitoba Moose, and there's no sulk, and there's commitment, and there's consistency, and all those good things that you expect from players with the sorts of potential that these guys have, well, then that's going to show the organization, well, hey, we can count on them to be resilient, to show that you know they'll show up day in, day out when things get tough or there are challenges in front of them. And that's, that's important because it's one of the fears that NHL teams have when they bring up young players. There's sort of a fear that they'll flash, and then they'll flash, and then they'll hit a little bit of a slump and it'll be hard to get them back because confidence is everything for young players like that. And I think that the better that they show consistency now, everything's on the table for them. Um, I think that it can only help their stock moving forward and, and seizing those injury opportunities, just like you said. No doubt about it. Hey, listen, before we go, <clears throat> and I'm just going to spring this on you, I have not talked about this before, but I did want to bring it up because I know you follow any different leagues in hockey. What are you... Uh, what did you think about the off-season um, news in women's hockey with this new league, the uh, the six-team league? Like, I think obviously there was a lot of people that you know. Unfortunately, anytime you take two things and turn it into one, that probably were on the wrong side of the fence. But you know, for someone that I know that's a big supporter of women's hockey, do you think this is a significant move moving forward? I mean, we're now getting news about. A number of the uh, of the players that are signing, I guess, uh, was it Marie Philippe Poulain is uh, in uh, Montreal along with uh, Anne Rene Debian and Laurie Stacy. Every team signing three players. Um, like it kind of seems like now that without having two leagues going at it, we're at a point where we're getting closer to being able to showcase the best women in a league that I think interests hockey fans and gets more people in. Where are you on all that as to where the women's game is right now as far as the pros and the best of both Canada and the USA in this new six-team setup? Yeah, I'll confess to not being an expert, but definitely a supporter. And, you know, I've had the chance to read, you know, plenty of Haley Salvian at The Athletic in the last little while to sort of stay abreast of what's going on in, in women's hockey. And I think, I think that from my perspective, one league – is is good for growing and marketing the game it is a concentration of where we as fans can put our focus um so we're not having to be like okay are we watching um you know like when golf split right golf fans were confused about how many hours they were going to be watching north america or the new league with all of the money <laughs> you know in the middle east so i think that one area of focus is big I think that the way these teams have rolled out their marketing and promotion has been big as well. The original six concept, um, I think, is a nice is a nice way to go. That's a small, manageable group of teams. They can each have star level um, quality. You can see Jenner go head to head with Mary Philip Poulin. You can see those sorts of things. Um, so I'm optimistic, and I'm just really going on feelings and vibes and hype. But in terms of how um, how they've sort of handled promotion, how they've handled their announcements, 
the degree of coverage that, you know, someone like Haley Salvian is giving it, The Athletic has a team for uh, people for it. Uh, I've seen Jeff Merrick do a lot of reporting mm -hmm. on it as well. Like, it feels like the energy is right, at least from my ability to consume it. And I think that that's the best that you can hope for. Um, and I, I just hope that it carries over. And I know the quality of hockey will be excellent. They'll build some rivalries and, um, and here we go, right? So I like the amount of coverage that I'm seeing and I'm taking that as a good sign. Yeah, well, and the one thing is I know a lot of people have, you know, been wanting, you know, hoping that there will be some sort of involvement with the NHL. And Gary Bettman was always pretty clear as saying, listen, we don't want to side with one or the other because it wasn't unfortunate. I mean, two basically rival leagues that were both competing for, you know, the slice of what at the time was a very, very small pie. And now that they brought this together with competent backing, ownership, contracts for the women, I think that you're putting it into a situation where you can get it off the ground as something that, you know, will be paid attention to by the average fan if they can see it, follow it a little bit more. And certainly, if you're putting the best in the world into a six-team league, and speaking from a North American standpoint, I mean, we know the stars of the Canadian women's team. We know the stars of the Canadian, of the U.S. women's team. It arguably is one of the best rivalries in all of sports. You mix those teams up with some of that familiarity into six, uh, into those six teams, and potentially at some point working in conjunction with the NHL, which I know would love to see women's hockey grow. I mean, that is great for the best league in the world that we might be on to something. And it might take a year or two but I certainly do have the feeling that this is a start to getting things on the right track and, uh, you know, helping boost because man, I mean, both these countries and the rest of the world luckily are producing better players right now. It's not just Canada and the USA like it had been for so long. There's still clearly the best teams, but there is more competition. There's more competitive games and all of that I think is a great thing for the sport overall. Yeah, I think that that, I mean, Sweden and Finland would be really strong programs as well. And I I like what you've just said because it's sort of like an all-star game, but people are competing hard, right? Like you go to an NHL all-star game and it's not really hockey. It's like it's bond hockey. Yeah. But we've probably all wanted to see certain combinations of those star players playing with and against each other, you know, across international lines and they're going to be doing it, but not in pond hockey form, but with full-fledged rivalry and competition. And I think that that is going to that's going to help for sure. Um, one other thing, like I, I can't remember who reported this first, so please forgive me. Um, but I seem to be under the impression that there may be um, maybe games held at neutral sites who have NHL audiences, and if that's the case. Let me do a little bit of manifesting. Like, I don't think I'm breaking anything here. Um, but Winnipeg would be an ideal, an ideal city for to, to host a, a league game. You've got a nice modern arena. You've got supportive ownership who have brought in, like, for example, that Ukraine men's team last year was moved from the Bison's Rink to uh, Canada Life Centre, partly because of Mark Chipman and ownership's involvement. Like, I think that there'd probably be a lot of appetite for something like that. And they're looking to grow the game. And I don't know if that's soon, if that's a little down the road. I could see something like that just spitballing here. Oh. I could see something like that hitting Winnipeg and I, doing well. 
I, 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 I absolutely agree with you. And I mean, just speaking to, I mean, Mark, Mark Chipman, I mean, his background, a huge supporter of women's hockey was a big part of everything that went into the 2007 world's women's hockey championship, which of course was here in Winnipeg. Um, and you know, just from, you know, the hockey side of him, um, all of his daughters, I believe, played. I know one of them was at UND when the program went under. And I think that he, like a lot of stakeholders, um, you know, with a lot of with a with a significant voice in the world of hockey, um, feel the need for this to move forward and to succeed and to gain a little bit of traction because it's been said that, you know, we get so fired up for the Olympics and we you know, watch these games and they've done a better job of creating the rivalry series and we saw some great crowds for those around but i'm with you i mean i think other nhl ranks to showcase just how good these women are with these new teams and with this new league is going to be something that uh is good for all parties involved and uh, i am with you and i know people are sort of wondering if, if you haven't been following this what the teams are there are six teams three canadian teams montreal ottawa toronto and uh, Boston, New York, and Minnesota. So uh, Minnesota would certainly be the closest team here. You don't have any of the Canadian teams in the West. Calgary had always been, been a big supporter of that, but I think the future is will be to, you know, expand more along the lines of uh, what the NHL did, going from six to twelve, as uh, as women ho- women's hockey grows. But uh, has been good to see that, and I mean, I am interested to see, and it's cool knowing some of these players going to new teams and know a little bit of interest about the news especially as we look down south of the border at least as far as how it's being covered the WNBA may be finding a good spot in the calendar um but that's been something that's been talked about quite a bit on a lot of the big stations throughout the uh um, throughout the last couple months and uh you know you hope that that can be the same at some point for this new women's pro league 100 percent um I almost like I wonder who who to cheer for at this point you know like Probably Poulain Montreal would be the biggest draw for me right now. Just go with the greatest and 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 go with that sort of deal. Um, but I, yeah, I, all I can say is I'm excited to, to, to see it roll out. Well, the Canadian teams, uh, you know, Montreal, uh, there's going to be a draft after this. They were all allowed to sign three free agents. Montreal's got Marie-Philippe Poulain uh, and Rene Debian and Laura Stacy. Ottawa's got Emily Clark. Brianne Jenner and Emirates Mashmeyer, who's been known in the goaltenders for the national team. And Toronto has Sarah Nurse, who's got big-time star power, uh, Renetta Fast and Blair Turnbull. So, I mean, you've got nine of the biggest names from the Canadian women's team already signed. Haven't heard Boston. I would imagine Hillary Knight's going to be on that team. Um, New York's got Abby Roke and Alex Carpenter. And um, the Minnesota team has Kendall Coyne-Schofield, Kelly Panic and Lee Stecklin. So, uh, the Canadian teams are sort of jumping on the top players on the Canadian side. The top U.S. players are going to the U.S. teams, and uh, that draft will be amazing. But it will really be cool if the Canadian players are generally split amongst the three Canadian teams and the same thing with the U.S. So maybe you can get some of that great Canada-USA rivalry into the international games in the league. Yeah, definitely. I also wonder where, where Kayla Friesen is going to go, right? I mean, she was a high draft pick uh, not too, too, too long ago. Um, so there could be some Winnipeg connections there as well. Um, and like throughout Manitoba too. So I, yeah, I think whatever generates the most, like the, the easiest 
Um, the easiest storylines for intense competition is best. We do remember the Canadian division in winter, sorry, in the NHL when teams were playing against each other almost too often. It was not so ideal during pandemic hockey, um, pandemic men's hockey. So I think striking the balance is going to be important, but the degree to which that they can balance that intensity will also be I'll say important for the third time in a sentence. Well, hey, uh, it is important that, um, you know, the uh, these women get a chance to play and that hockey grows uh, at all levels. And I think this is a great start. Marat, thank you, as well as our special guest today, for jumping on. This was a lot of fun. Uh, enjoy the uh, rest of the week. And uh, I guess it's back to the grind now in the athletic. What, uh, what can folks look forward to now that uh, it's back to work time? Yeah. Um, first, yeah. Thanks again for having me. Thanks again for having my mom on this. Uh, just, just week making for us. Um, in terms of what you can expect, first up from me, um, I, I did have a nice, nice, good quality chat with Gabriel Velarde that I, I, I'd like to share, and that'll be very soon. Um, but we're gonna go bigger. We're gonna go deep diving with state of the franchise, the Winnipeg Jets in the not-too-distant future, so I'm very excited for it. Well, we'll look forward to catching up and digging into it next week on WST. Have a great day, and thanks for popping on. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right, there is Marat Atash, and uh, fun having. We've always seen Marat's mom's takes, and uh, all of a sudden we go there, and who's there? It's her. Uh, anyways, lots of fun, and uh, great to have Marat on the program. Make sure you're subscribing to The Athletic for all his work, and check out him on Twitter at WPG Marat. Well, Banjo Bowl countdown continues. I cannot wait. And uh, I know the folks at Princess Auto are ready to go. Of course, Princess Auto, proud sponsors of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and Winnipeg Sports Talk. And uh, we've got a lot of bomber talk for Princess Auto this week on the program heading into the big rematch. Princess Auto is where you'll find the best deals on the most unique assortment of tools and equipment around Everything you need to complete the projects on your list or start something new is at Princess Auto. Pop by and see them in store, Panit Road, Portage Avenue West, or shop online 24-7, 365 at princessauto.com. Our friends at Consolidated Supply not only are huge bomber backers, but your leaders in irrigation system, artificial turf, both indoor and outdoor, and incredible golf carts is the exclusive club car dealer in Manitoba. They've also got other great options for your property, including hot tubs and amazing outdoor kitchens, not to mention being the leaders in small engine parts and repair. Joe, Spicy, Gino, Chris, the gang, ready to help you out in a number of different ways for your home, property, or your business. Pop by and see Consolidated Supply at their showroom, open to the public. 1395 Nyaqua Road East, or find out more online at cte.ca. Are you ready for the Banjo Bowl? Are you ready for NFL kickoff? Are you ready for hockey season? Well, I'll tell you what, you can take care of everything on that list with one trip to the real sports superstore, Royal Sports at 750 Pemina Highway. Tons of great bomber gear if you need to add a little blue to your getup for the Banjo Bowl, of course, Jets gear just around the corner, thousands of pieces of Jets merchandise, and NFL kickoff is tomorrow night in Kansas City and the rest of the league on Sunday and Monday and all 32 teams represented with new NFL stock coming in daily. And for those of you that hit the ice or have a hockey player in your family, 
Royal Sports, family-owned, with hockey players working in the shop all this time. There's no better place to get suited up for the upcoming season than Royal Sports. It's all there for you. 750 Pemina Highway. Follow them on Instagram at Royal Sports Pemina for the latest merchandise drops and sale information. And one more sleep until the NFL is back. Blue Jays playing some important games right now, and then we're going to have Sunday night football, Monday night football, full slate of games on the both Saturday and Sunday. It is a great time to get together with your gang at your local Boston Pizza, watch the big game, and chow down on ice-cold schooners, world-famous Boston pizza wings, gourmet pizzas, and the latest from the BP feature menu. And Keep an eye out on the Burger Week offerings from Boston Pizza as well. Staying in, though, you can always order online and get the great taste of BP to your home at bostonpizza.com. All right. Huge win today for Canada as we keep rolling at the FIBA World Cup. Our pal Alex Adams joined us throughout the week and the week before in Indonesia. He's back from Indonesia as the tournaments moved to Manila in the Philippines. And Alex joins us now back on Canadian soil to talk about Canada's big win this morning in the quarterfinals. Let's welcome our FIBA World Cup correspondent, Alex Adams, back to Canada and back to Winnipeg Sports Talk. And Canada is still alive in the FIBA World Cup. First of all, dude, it's great to have you back. How are your How are your travels? You made it back safely, I see. Yeah, no, you guys reminded me off air. Uh, it was it was uh, the the last three hours was definitely hectic. Um, me running through customs in Chicago. Uh, I I had about a two hour layover, and uh, I didn't get out of my just out of customs until about with twenty five minutes left. Ran up. Uh, I did have an incident where I tried to cut in line and uh, the customs officer said, started screaming at me and said, I'm going to call the cops on you. <laughs> that, that, was, that, that was fun. Um, so I had to go back in line. Thankfully, it didn't deter me too much. Uh, another security didn't want me to cut in line, but thankfully he didn't call the cops on me. So, um, And then in Tokyo, someone thought I was Austin Reeves, which was... Uh, Definitely at the while I'm getting doing my passport, no less. Uh, he comes up and says, "Are you Austin Reeves?" So um, I don't think I look like him, but uh, I guess that's a compliment. I, I'll I'll take it. Well, uh, listen, planes, trains, and automobiles, but uh, back <laughs> just in time to see you go from Jakarta back to Canada, and Canada go from Jakarta to Manila to play in the quarterfinals against Luka Doncic and Slovenia and uh, another mission accomplished for our senior men's national team who are now down to the final four. Uh, what did you think of the game today? I thought uh, Canada played a poor first half defensively. They obviously, when the other team goes at 1.10 of 17 from three, uh, that's a that's a problem. But the fact that Canada wasn't down at really by more than two or three points um, they just played so well offensively. Shea had the best start he's had in any of the games. He had the most points. He had eight points in the first quarter. He had 31 to end the game, uh, Had went to the free throw line so many times. He was amazing down the stretch. So, um, you know, people like Bill Simmons are talking about how Shea's better than Luka today. Um, that's maybe something uh, you can debate as well. But um, obviously starts with him. R.J. Barrett played really well. But the, the team in the second half, uh, you know, turned it up defensively. Dylan Brooks was phenomenal, uh, maybe too phenomenal at talking because he got kicked out of the game after he hit a big three, but uh, it didn't really 
matter in the end uh, in the fourth quarter. But overall, just um, I th- I thought they should win this game comfortably, and they it almost turned out that way. Where by middle of the the third quarter, they're up sixteen. They couldn't really get to that twenty point mark, but um, and then obviously Luca got his second tech, and uh, maybe that's why he's he's you know not as good as Shea because he he doesn't. It kicked out of quarterfinal games, but uh, yeah. overall, great performance. And, and they, uh, it's amazing. First time they've ever made the semifinals, the men's team at a FIBA World Cup. So, making phenomenal. history, making history pretty much every time they go out and take the court. You know, the one thing that has really been interesting from watching this tournament and really just the Canada games, but just the, the level, how different the officiating is at the international level as opposed to what we see in the NBA. And I mean, listen, when you're getting the tax, you're getting the fouls against your own team. And, you know, most people have some sort of an inherent bias. You maybe notice it a little bit more, but I mean, the NBA is so star driven. I don't know what Luka Doncic would have to do in a huge game like that to get turfed. Yeah. But it would be a lot more than beaking at the referees. Um, And that's something honestly, that hopefully Canada has learned um, because I think it's going to be more important to be disciplined and to not put yourself in danger against the Serbs and hopefully in the gold medal final. Yeah, no, I mean, you're, you're, it seems like you're talking to Dylan Brooks there because he almost got kicked out of the Spain game. I didn't think it was right, but he almost got a second flagrant at the end. He's, I think he's had three flagrants in six games. So that's where he and like a player like Draymond Green, where they really live on the edge, and he's been arguably. I was talking about this with Jonathan Chen, my my colleague at Raptors Republic. He might be their their second best player so far in this tournament. So he needs to straddle that line. But today, uh, on the court, before he got kicked off, uh, kicked out, he was a phenomenal. He's been shooting the three amazingly, and um, I think just to go back to Shea, just the confidence he has and the calmness, I think, really helps his team because. You see him when he makes free throws, when he made that big shot against Spain, it's like nothing happened. You t- I talked to him after the game against Brazil when they lost, and it was like he was going on a walk in the park. There was nothing wrong. All Everything's good. He doesn't get high. He doesn't get low. He's just so even keel, and that really seems to permeate throughout this team. And, uh, I mean, they're going to play a tough team. Serbia is a really, really good team. Bogdan Bogdanovic is a really good player in FIBA. Um, but again, every time they they win and they go farther, the team comes together. Jordy Fernandez talked about how every game in this tournament we're going to get better. Obviously, there was the Brazil blip, but overall, this team really looks like it's it's coming together. And uh, I mean, I just keep thinking about a USA Canada final uh, and and frothing at the mouth. So let's hope that happens for for my sake as covering this team. But. Uh, it's it's been amazing. Just it's to funny watch. you mentioned Bill Simmons because um, <laughs> as I often do, I threw on his pod last night. Um, mm-hmm. You know, just heading to bed, and ostensibly I was doing it to hear whatever some stuff on NFL season and the Chiefs yeah. and everything that's coming show. up this weekend. Um, and I, and I, I'll be honest, I don't remember what the guest's name, but he was awesome, and they were basically talking about the World Cup. And I would have gone forward to the NFL had they not said, well, I can't wait to talk about this Canada team. So I ended Mm -hmm. up listening to the whole thing. And listen, the praise that he has for Shea, Gilgis Alexander in particular, but also the depth of the Canadian team from someone that literally wrote the book of basketball. 
I yeah. think was a real head turner. And I, I listen, I think everyone realizes that Canada has arrived on the international stage. But man, Alex, I mean, after everything that you saw in Indonesia, the ups and downs, the comeback in Spain, now moving on to the semifinals, uh, there is more history to be made for this team. And I mean, what an opportunity against the Serbs. And then potentially if they can get past it, the winner of Germany and the USA. And obviously I think the the likely favorite of that game would be the USA. And uh, this could be the start of a great, think back to the great USA-Canada hockey rivalry, um, you know, 10, 20 years ago, back when we used to have legit international play. Um, we could be on the verge of that right here on the hard court. Yeah, no, we, we have to thank, uh, you know, uh, David Stern for that and maybe not Gary Bettman, but um, for best on best tournaments. But uh, to go to that, yeah, I mean, that would just be mouthwatering. It would be the most NBA players on the court, like just at once, which would be really cool. There's never really been that type of matchup in international competition over the years, right? Just there's not been the same amount of NBA players ever as it's the US and obviously we don't have all NBA players on this team but that would just be really cool and stylistically they know each other's games very well right um, I think Anthony Edwards after they lost with uh, Lithuania was talking about how he just called someone on Lithuania like 22 like he had no clue who he was um, so just to see Canada be pitted against the US would be just remarkable and show so much about this program and for years and years, we've talked about this team on paper is the mo- second most talented team in, in the world, and yet they're ranked 15. And uh, to, to be in the finals would just be amazing. Be amazing for the ranking going forward and at the Olympics as well. Um, they'd probably get closer to, to top 10, top maybe eight or nine. So, um, I mean, I, I keep thinking about that matchup. I, I hope the players aren't because Serbia is a really, really good team. Um, and they played together. They made the Olympics uh, finals in 2016. They're just a really good team. Um, they've been awesome offensively, and they're probably going to be, in a way, maybe the, the toughest team Canada's played just because they're, they're such a good shooting team. Um, they've been amazing so far in this tournament, like Canada with one blip up to, to Italy. So we'll, we'll see how it all turns out. But um, that is something I'd love for, for my own sake covering this team. And... Uh, just would be amazing to watch them in the FIBA World Cup final. Um, that that I can't even believe I'm saying it. So that, that'd be pretty sick. <laughs> well, listen, we've come a long way since our chat first when you got over there going, oh, what were you going to see from this Canadian team and the excitement of the first round, the disappointment of the Brazil game, oh. and the despair of the fourth quarter, the beginning of the fourth quarter of the of Spain. And now, and now here we are. All my tweets from... The third quarter of, of the Spain Canada yeah, there game. There was a right? lot of doom and gloom from the X account there, Alex. Yes, um, yes. RJ Barrett came to play today. He's had some quiet games in this tournament. He's had 24. He's sort of awoken. Is there one other guy that hasn't maybe <laughs> it hasn't maybe played up to expectations so far for Canada that they need more from in the Serbia game, never mind a potential gold medal final? Uh, I it's a player that normally I wouldn't say, but Kelly Olynyk's been a bit cold from. Yeah, he had the, the great field. start. He had the great start, but um, to the tournament or really the first three games, he was phenomenal. And since that uh, Brazil game, he he didn't play well in that game against Spain. They they um, sat him out in the in the fourth quarter. I mean, he played in the third quarter, but he didn't start the the second quarter or second half. Sorry, 
Um, and he, he today he was his plus minus would tell you he was phenomenal. Uh, he was plus 27 today, but um, just offensively, he hasn't been making a lot of threes was one of five today. Um, that's one player where I think if Canada is to beat maybe the USA and, and even Serbia, if he can get back to where what he was earlier in the tournament, which would be get you 10 to 15 points, six to seven rebounds, five to four to five assists, that would be really ideal for this team. Um, but other than that, I thought Nikhil Alexander-Walker ha- had a really, really good game today um, after a, a bad Brazil game, and he's stepped up a little bit. So that's the one player where they can just get a bit more out of him. And, and RJ, too, may be efficient, shooting more efficiently, but at the same time, 24 points is 24 points, and he was amazing in transition. So um, this team seems to be coming all together, and, and we'll see how they do against uh, Serbia. Yeah, there was one stat that mattered today, and that was the W in staying alive, Canada-Serbia. Now, we've been lucky. The games have often been 8.30 here, 7.30, as we're on the exact opposite uh, end of the clock, AMs to their PMs. Not so much for the semi, and I get it. USA, Big Brother has the, the biggest audience. They'll get the later game. So we're going to have to set your arms for 3.30, 3.45 a.m. for Friday. Coming off the opening NFL game, I think just sleep is banned for that entire run. My, my worst Bowl. nightmare is is they lose, and then I have another 4.45, or 3.45, 4.45 here on Sunday morning. That's 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 what I want on my uh, on a Saturday night to, to go into a Sunday. No yeah, way. So. No way. Actually, it doesn't matter what time it is. Get the win. Let's get, yeah. make it to the gold medal game and have us a little bit more to uh, talk about. Alex, great stuff. Um, just fill people in, because I know you've been writing, you've been podcasting on this. Now that you're back, it hasn't stopped. If people want more on Team Canada advancing to the semis, where can they find it? Yeah, so just check me out on uh, Alex Adams BTB on, on X or Twitter. Uh, I'll still call it Twitter. Um, and then uh, all my podcasts are on Raptors Republic. You can, you know, at Raptors Republic on, on Twitter and, and on YouTube. Um, it's the Rapcast if you're looking for audio, um, like Raptors are a, or a rapper, just rap and then cast. Um, so I appreciate you uh, uh, plugging me and giving me the, the credence to do it. But um, yeah, so check out my stuff. I have a post-game uh, podcast coming out. Soon, I'll have Doug Smith of the Toronto Star uh, a podcast coming out uh, later tomorrow. And then uh, post-game, even at 7 in the morning, you know me, I'm going to be out there doing it. So uh, there's going to be postcasts and hopefully a couple more guests uh, before the tournament ends. So hey, you've stay been, tuned. And, uh, you've yeah. been so great with your time. And anyone that travels 36 hours halfway around the world and is able to come on with us again, we'll get you on at any time, my friend. Uh, get some so rest. Much. Get that pot out. Do what you got to do. Yeah. And then get ready for uh, 3.30 in the morning on Friday with Canada trying to make more history. Alex Adams, thanks for doing this, my friend. Thanks so much for having me. I love the show, and and I'll always do this. So thanks again. All right. How about them Canucks? Good stuff with Alex Adams as the uh, Canadians. Now get ready to take on Serbia, USA, and Germany in the other semifinal. And wouldn't that be an amazing addition to the weekend? Canada in the FIBA World Cup final against potentially the USA. Bring it on. Um, all right, we got to get to the cool bet lines. We've got a great offer to you for you cool betters, even the ones that have been playing there before with NFL season coming up in, uh, well, in less than 24 hours, if you can believe that. Um, but hey, Banjo Bowl weekend is here. NFL weekend is here. Might I suggest 
that this is one of the great weekends for tailgating, kicking your feet up, making some great food, and uh, enjoying a few cold beers. And if you are someone that enjoys beers, may I suggest Winnipeg's finest local beer, Little Brown Jug, for your next soiree or game-watching function. Head on down to the brewery and taproom on William Avenue if you want to try all the amazing Little Brown Jug offerings. And, of course, you can pick up the great taste of Little Brown Jug and some great merch there as well. Or you can find Little Brown Jug anywhere that sells great beer in and around the city of Winnipeg. And don't forget, thanks again to everybody that responded for our Winnipeg Sports Talk Sports Trivia Night. We are looking forward to it. I guess that is what a week today We'll see you all down at Little Brown Jug. Unfortunately, the event is sold out, but um, thanks to everyone that jumped on those tickets when they became available, and we'll be putting the questions together, curating them over the next few days, and uh, we'll look forward to seeing you on Wednesday over at Little Brown Jug. For more on Little Brown Jug events and more, follow them on all their socials and check them out online at littlebrownjug.ca our friends at breezy bend still uh there's still some great golf weather for the month of september course is in absolutely mint shape if uh you're thinking about a long-term new long-term home for you and your family at one of winnipeg's top private clubs breezy bend is the spot but talk to Corey johnson our friend over there gm of the year to get on that waiting list for the 2024 season. And hopefully we'll see you at Breezy Bend next year in 2024. Find out more online at breezybend.ca. And a huge shout out to our friends at Aikens Lake Wilderness Lodge that are just finishing up another amazing season. They're booking well into 2024. If you're thinking about a world-class fly-in fishing trip where you can be on the water in less than two hours from the city of Winnipeg, including the flight, Aikens is the spot for you. And as world-class as the fishing is, the hospitality is even better. Find out more online, AikensLake.com, uh, or hit up Pitt Tarrant on X or Twitter, at Aikens Lake, if you've got any questions, and he can help you go through everything to plan your Aikens experience for 2024. All right, we got to get to the track but first up, let's get Remus in here and let's do a little line observing for tonight over at CoolBet. Now, new lock shops up. We just did it over on the EST channel at noon. Talked a little bit more about the upcoming NFL season, made some final picks and predictions for the conference finals, the Super Bowl champ, teams to make and miss the playoffs. There are so many options right now for NFL futures including regular season wins, team playoffs, receiving, rushing, passing props, league leaders, awards. Got to check it out for yourself. But the best thing about it right now is that, listen, if you've never played a cool bet before, you can jump on, use the promo code WST. For your first deposit, it'll give you a 100% bonus up to 200 bucks. So perfect time to do that at the start of football season. If you are already a cool better and you've been playing at cool bet, They've got another little welcome back to football deal. Deposit 50 bucks and get a 100% bonus up to 50 bucks. So a couple free bets. Maybe you put that on to some futures. What you need to do is when you make that deposit, use the promo code NFLRL23 for present cool betters. And again, if you're new, use the promo code WST. They'll, they'll give you that 100% bonus up to 200 bucks. 
Uh, as far as the games go, a lot of uncertainty over Travis Kelsey. I've seen this line in some places as low as four and a half. It's still hanging on at five and a half, kind of that no man's land in between four and six points in the NFL. But the Chiefs still a five and a half point favorite. The total has gone down, though, from 54 and a half all the way, <clears throat> excuse me, to 52. Um, rest of the games, we won't go through all of them, but uh, a couple of the key ones. Sunday nighter, Cowboys, Giants. Boys laying three on the road at MetLife against the New York Giants. And then we'll be right back at MetLife for Monday Night Football. Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills try and spoil the party in the debut of Aaron Rodgers with the New York Jets. All right, Remus, before you click on CFL, let's do a little bit of guess the lines. What yeah. do you think? Have you seen the line yet for the Bomber game? I did see the line for the Bomber game, so I can't. I don't want to comment on it. Okay, I had it ready okay. to go, so I, I did look. Okay, I have not seen it yet. Um, last week, this game was seven and a half. Obviously, the Riders won. Bombers own the Riders in the Banjo Bowl. Bombers are a much better team. I think this is going to be a big number. I'm going to go with Winnipeg minus eight. Okay. You're pretty much you're dead on here. It's minus eight and a half. Okay. Wow. The, eight and a half. I thought it might be closer to a touchdown, but then I do believe there's a lot of people who think that the Bombers are going to massacre the Riders in an act of revenge we'll remember for a long time around these parts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll see what happens when they play. But, uh, yeah, Bombers minus eight and a half is the number. And as we look at these other CFL lines – um, the game on Friday night, Hamilton at Ottawa. Ottawa are three-point favorites. Montreal, she's oh, ten and a half for the Argos against Montreal. I, I might have to take the underdog just based on too many points. Although, man, Toronto has just absolutely steamrolled the Eastern Division at just about every turn so far. So you got Montreal, ten and a half point underdogs in Toronto. Riders laying or Bombers laying eight and a half at home to the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and the Elks two-point favorites against Calgary, minus 137 on the money line. Matt, you know what? I know we focused pretty much exclusively on the Banjo Bowl. That Calgary-Edmonton game on Monday night was freaking awesome. It was, it was, I mean, Trey Ford, one of the most exciting players in the CFL right now. And in, every time you watch, you're like, they didn't play this guy all year? Like, what were they watching? And maybe there's some concern that he could take a big hit from all this running around and get hurt, but, I mean, they've been in every game that he's in. Uh, he's putting points on the board. Their receivers are now fantasy relevant. He's finding Dunbar in the end zone. Eugene Lewis is uh, off the milk carton, as we know where he is. Uh, Edmonton, they're a much more exciting team, and uh, credit to Calgary, who's had some crazy comebacks this year, like Jake Mayer at times, um, especially in that bomber game, you know, can't get anything going, but at other times... He's leading comebacks, and isn't he leading the league in yards? Isn't that what was said yesterday? I got to double check that, but um, he's a he's a confusing quarterback for that reason to me. Yes. Yeah, that whole team, <clears throat> to be honest, is confusing. They're the only team to beat Toronto this year. Yes, and then they've looked just absolutely he's, dreadful. At other he is times. leading the league 
in pass yards. 3,100. Uh, Vernon Adams Jr., 29-57. Zach Kolaris, 28-17. Crazy. Has he played more games? Like, are they short of bye week? I know cool. Zach obviously missed that one game, so that impacted that, but so did VA. Um, I got to double-check. The CFL stat, you know, website, they don't have sortable <laughs> stats. <laughs> They only have... You just got a PDF? You just get the PDF, so I'm going back to TSN. Um, <laughs> he's played 12 games. Yeah, he's played the most games of any quarterback at 12. So uh, VA's played 10. Zach's played 11. But he did get hurt for one of those games. I mean, you look at yards per attempt and quarterback rating. Like uh, All these guys are better than him. Chad Kelly. So, I mean, the yards is more of a compiler. Stanley, I'm not saying he's the best quarterback, but he <clears throat> is leading in yards. Yeah, no doubt. Um, oh, hey, one other thing we should check out on uh, the lines is this FIBA World Cup. Canada <clears throat> and Serbia, and look, Canada's favorite again. Canada minus four and a half favorites against the Serbs and minus 208 on the money line in the in the second semi, or no, the first semi. And then the U.S. is an even bigger favorite, minus 10 and a half against the United States and we do have up we do have uh we do have outrights as well this is the first time I've seen these USA minus 161 but Canada to pull it off and win the gold medal plus 285 and they will certainly have a shot against the US I mean both of these teams are basically filled with NBAers Canada plus 285 is uh, kind of juicy right now. Anyways, it's all there for you over at Cool Bet. NFL Futures, first game of the season tomorrow. And don't miss tomorrow's lock shop at noon when we make our first game pick of the year and make our picks for the weekend in the Canadian Football League. Um, Remo, we got a big day at the track right now because it was canceled yesterday. But they're back at it tonight, and we are doubling up everything we've got for tonight's activities. And uh, I'm actually going to start it off in race number one. Okay, I'm just pulling it up here. Race, yeah, and a lot. I noticed there were a lot of horses that were uh, scratched too. There, uh, yeah, there has been a few scratches, and there's one really small race, so I'm not going to touch race number two. But, you know, considering we needed to put it a little, this is a little chalky, but I'm going to throw a fin down on my one of my all-time favorites, Kim's Texas Bling, to win a five-horse race in race number one. Race number, Kim's Texas, okay. I am on in race number one. I don't think I did this one, actually. No, I didn't do race one. You went straight to race three? Yes. Okay, sounds good. Uh, in race three... I'm taking wit nine to win. Race, horse number two. Okay. I'm on a triactor box. Because we have to pay more, I'm doing a $2 triactor box today. Whoa. Uh, streamer, wit nine, and Anna Kozana. I was on Anna Kozana. I won on Anna Kozana a couple weeks ago, and I told some friends who went to the downs, take Anna Kozana. I think it was very close, but finished second. Nice. Uh, so I got to take streamer because, like, we're here, right? You're, you're, the, you're the streamer. Yeah, so, we're uh, here doing okay. that. And uh, wit nine, of, of course. So I'm I'm going hard on this tractor box test. 
Beauty. Uh, race number four. <clears throat> I'm going to go with the uh, the chalk box, if you will. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take the top three horses. Three, four, six. Mr. Hands-On towards the light and lucky break for a $1 tri-actor box. What about you for Yeah, I'm four? similar. I took out towards the light, maybe longer odds. Himmelstein. Just get that payout up a little bit. You know, we'll have to see how this one turns out. But yes, I'm also on, uh, what is what did I pick your three, five, six, Mr. Hands on and lucky break. Nice. Okay. Um, moving on to race five. Uh, I am on a two, three, six triactor box. I am Mila. No, I won't back down and finalize. And I'm going to throw a fin on number three to win. No, I won't back down. Okay. I'm doing $2. One can dream. I'm going to try to catch the dream horse eight. It's a long shot. Two dollars. Let's have some fun. Uh, moving on to race six, I've got a one dollar tractor box for six bucks. Number one, Exchequer. Number two, Club Champ. And number eight, North Fork. Okay, I have Exchequer and Club Champ in an Exacta box. One, two. That's the that's a six dollar Exacta box. Nicely done. All right, and that takes us to race number seven. I'm going triactor box two, six, ten. Lady Cop, Sparkling Silver, and Silver Creek Lady. And to make up for last night, I got an extra toonie, and I'm going to throw that down on number 10, Silver Creek Lady. So two, six, ten for the triactor box and a win bet on 10. Okay, I'm going with uh, Exacta box, Lady Cop, and Danzig's Starstorm. I'm assuming, is that a Glenn Danzig <laughs> reference? I assumed it was. I mean, as far as I know, he's the only Danzig. So if you have Danzig <laughs> in anything, I will think Glenn Danzig. That's what I'm going with. I got a, That's a $4 exacta box for me. I had to up my... I didn't like, think there were that many races today because there was one that had like no horses and another with a bunch of scratches. So The first two is tough. But we went through it. Yeah, Great we went question hard. from Eric in chat. Where's Hot Linda? Haven't seen her. I'm not sure whether Hot Linda retired after last season, or is that a different, uh, is that a, d- a different track or something like that? But yeah, we do miss Hot Linda. One of the great WST moments for uh, for a long time. Um, big show tomorrow, Reem. Neil Piant coming on the program. The official release of our Winnipeg Sports Talk four-game Jets ticket pack. More details on the upcoming season from the Jets as it pertains to games, including individual tickets going on sale on Friday. We wanted everyone to know about the games that we're going to be getting the WST group together for those. So uh, I am fired up. Mike McIntyre tomorrow on the program as well. And, oh, it's NFL. It's NFL kickoff tomorrow. And one of our favorites and one of the sharpest dudes around, Chris Meany from Mean Streets and uh, FTN Network, is going to jump on. Hell of a way to start off NFL season with Meany, Pionk, Mike McIntyre, and we get a little closer to the Banjo Bowl one of my favorite weekends of the year. Yeah, we're counting down. So that'll be fun to chat with Neil Pionk here, what he's been up to. Did he take out the boat? As we saw, was one of those Jets features, he was... Driving the boat last year. Did he get married? Did he go to a wedding? 
that's what it seems to be what hockey players about? do. By the way, we didn't even talk about all these engagements lately. Have there been? Okay, Samber got engaged. Samber got engaged. And then KFC put a ring on it. Oh, I saw that. Yes. Oh, I follow his dog on Instagram. That's how I know all this. <laughs> dog? You don't follow his dog? Come on, bro. I, I did not know that his dog had an account. Man, I've, I'm all over the his dog. I forget his dog's name, but I get the I get the updates. Pops but yeah, up he in got your engaged every now and then. He got engaged too. So yeah, some big Jets weddings coming up, and I will say, yeah, both that Jets ticket pack and a, and I know people maybe are bummed they didn't get into the little brown jug trivia night that is sold out. If you want to get be the one of the first ones to know about any of our events or anything, go to winnipegsportstalk.com, scroll down, sign up for the mailing list, and we don't send a lot too much on there, but the stuff you need to know uh, will be in your email inbox, so winnipegsportstalk.com at the bottom, and sign up for the mailing list. Yeah, so uh, we'll, uh, we'll roll out the games tomorrow. Yeah. Um, some special things for our people that are going to be part of this pack. And uh, hopefully we'll get a bunch of people to jump on with us and uh, can do a little raging for at least four games, if not more, for the upcoming season. Um, so, yeah, that's all coming up tomorrow, including an appearance from Neil Pionk on the program. So uh, cannot wait for it. One more draft actually auctioned tonight. My brain is so fried with fantasy football stuff right now. I'm I'm just looking forward to getting to tomorrow night, setting the lineups and watching the damn game and watching the Chiefs raise a banner at Arrowhead Stadium. I've got a special hat for tomorrow that I've been waiting all off season to wear. Oh. It's gonna be uh it's gonna be fun. Um but honestly, <clears throat> most excited about launching this ticket pack and uh letting you all know about what we've come up with. I think people are going to be pretty fired up for it, and hopefully a bunch of people will join us at the games. Um, but that is going to do it for us. We're going to get the pod up tomorrow. More, uh, We'll have some audio from the Bombers as they get ready for the Banjo Bowl rematch after the Labor Day Classic. And as I said, Mike's going to jump by, Neil Pionk. Last call for NFL insight bets and whatnot with our pal Chris Meany. It's going to be a great show. So join us tomorrow on NFL kickoff day. One more day closer to Saturday's Banjo Bowl. For Michael Remus, I'm Andrew Patterson. Thanks to everybody in chat for joining us today. Hit that like button. Hit that red subscribe button if you haven't already. Tell a friend about Winnipeg Sports Talk and make a point of joining us tomorrow live on YouTube at 1 p.m. Shout out to the podcast listeners. Have a great night, and we'll see you tomorrow for NFL kickoff day on WST. Oh my God! Shut it down! Let's go home! Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com.